Previously on Lonely Boys. Hey, do you know where Dan is? Can you believe what he wrote about me? Which part? Sabrina is glamorous, sexy, beautiful. Selfish, insensitive, shallow. I can tell you from experience, everyone loves a villain. Yeah, I told Blair the same thing, and then I realized if that's true, why are you always alone? Not one word. Have you seen Dan Chuck being his best friend? No, have you? Did, Did you see what he wrote me? Was it, uh, uh, one, one, two, three. Did, Did you, you see, see what he wrote, wrote about me? me? No, I didn't have time to read all of it. <laughs> Just all the parts about me. Two. Check the study. Hey, Burry Siders, and welcome back to another episode of the Lonely Boys Podcast. My name is Matt. I'm one of your titular Lonely Boys, and I'm here to break down season five. Episode 5 of Gossip Girl, The Fasting and the Furious. But I'm not here by myself. I am with the Gatsby of the social media age. It's Brendan Ruppel. Oh, I am your co-host, of course, the creepy uncle of podcasting, a.k.a. Uncle Cream. Hi, Dale Lohoda Cream Nation. I'm recording live as those from Creamatorium. I'm your editor-in-chief here at Cream Weekly, Dr. Officer Cream reporting for duty. Cream, yes, cream. Cream, yes, cream. I was trying to, like, I really just pulled that quote directly from the episode. I was trying to, like, cream it up a bit to, like, make it more, pl- I couldn't think of the social cream age. Really <laughs> yeah, the- you could just throw the word cream into it and make it a joke. <laughs> the, the, the creams be of the social, yes. no, it doesn't We're work. We're throwing cream like, into I, many I, things. I, it does make it better, to be honest. Yeah, that's, that's what they say. Not as the vegan of the pod. Yeah, that's true. Were you, were you a cream fan before you were a vegan? I, I know you're not a big ice cream guy. What about, like, just that's creamy desserts? Cream. Or- I got, like, ice cream. As far as desserts go, uh, cream. no. Uh, whipped cream? No. Uh, you know, whipped cream is, fi- cream is fine. I, I, cream cheese is the big... Mm, I don't like cream cheese. The big one. Speaking of which, I always ha- get the uh, the Tofutty cream cheese on my bagels, which is how I how I prefer it. That's my vegan cream cheese of choice. Uh-huh. I, today, uh, the supermarket uh, didn't have Tofutty. They had Philadelphia uh, vegan cream cheese, okay. and so I gave that a spread today. Not good. No? Not good Philadelphia. Philadelphia is like, one like of the, the main big, cream cheeses? In the yeah, they're the big world. boys of the cream cheese market, wow. but they are not, like, I, I, you know, not doing great with the tofu cream cheese, I must say. Okay. They're no yeah. tofutty. No, they're no tofutty. That's what I always say. Uh, you know, we, um, we have a good uh, tofu buddy of mine on the pod today. Oh, God. Yes, we have a good tofu buddy of Brandon. <laughs> it's not even Brandon. <laughs> Month. Great segue. What is this? He's all of our TOEF buddies. He's back <laughs> to join the illustrious Two Timers Club. I believe, you know, if you're still keeping track at home, the 17th member to ever appear twice. You know, I feel like Scott Arkman has. Scott has been really keeping track of the Two Timer Clubs. <laughs> I think it's, it's more than just you keeping time of the Two Timers Club. Everyone, yeah, everyone's yeah, sang along with you. Like, oh, the 17th member, of course. <laughs> Of course. So, and uh, I will expect him to recite oh, the first sixteen when he, <laughs> yeah. when he comes on the podcast. Is of course your friend and mine, Richie Henderson. Richie, welcome back to the pod. Hello. Oh, hey guys. Happy to two time you. There it is. <laughs> Edit. There we go. Applause. Look at me. Thanks yeah. yeah. for dropping by. That's. I was yeah. Happy to two time you. <laughs> love, love the low energy on, on the pod, uh, Richie. W- welcome back. Uh, how are you doing? How, how's it? How's it been going? How much Gossip Girl have you watched uh, since the last time you were on this podcast? Um. Well, yeah. Since then, um, what was it? Back then, I watched one episode. So this will. This was my second episode. Oh my god! You've doubled. <laughs> You've doubled your total. <laughs> wow! I, I did double. I did double. I said, "Oh boy!" Um, I'm gonna do a timer. I got a double. I downloaded it. I downloaded it onto my phone, and I watched it on the Long Island Railroad. Um, <laughs> As which I figured it was the, the optimal 
Were you were you using that LIRR to go to work or anything? Or you just you know that that's your favorite place to watch television. I was leaving work. I was leaving work. Okay. Um, but then I got back on because I left something at work, and then oh, I watched it again. That's. <laughs> and now every time you go on the LIRR, you have to watch this episode of Gossip Girl. Yeah. Yeah, I have so many notes. I have so many notes. Wait, so that, that kind of sucks. You, you left. How far were you into your trip that you left something at work and had to go back? Oh, I, I got home. <laughs> no, no. You went home and then you went all the way back. Yeah, and then I watched another episode. Of the same episode. <laughs> Sorry. That sounds hard. Now, every time you feel like you want to watch Gossip Girl, you just like instinctively just go onto the LIRR. Yeah, they did. honestly, I think. Uh, if you watch Gossip Girl on the Long Island Railroad, they won't even check you for a ticket. They're like, no, that's, yeah, enough. That's, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> that's good enough. That's yeah, yeah, that's fine. Oh, that's that's not a good one, but yeah, keep doing that. <laughs> I I I forget your your Gossip Girl story. Were you a big fan of the show, or were you a uh, an an only watcher for the pod, or so, or somewhere in between? I mean, hadn't you seen some of it, if I remember correctly? I, I did. I did truly watch some of it um, through other people. Um, something that's just been on TV. I did get a kick out of it. Uh, I was watching, I want to say, season, I think I saw like season two and three in a binge. Oh, I want, I want at you one to say point. that too. Yeah. Good, yeah. Good. Oof. Say it, say it. I, was, uh, so I had I that experience. What I, I call the golden age of gossip. Yeah. Now we're in the, uh, oh, the wow. And I had age. no idea. Yeah. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. I'm so excited to talk about this one. <laughs> so, oh, calm down, calm down. <laughs> oh man, a long way to go. To I'm geared up. I'm geared up. Should I? I'm should I get up. into my? Uh, should I get into my? Should, uh, do you have a? Do you have a? Based on the the episodes you've seen, as your favorite or least favorite character changed at all, Richie? Are, are you any big standings going on that you want us to know about? I mean, nothing's changed in all honesty, and you guys don't even agree with some of my my choices, and I never will. Yeah, I don't remember what they, they are, were, but I bet they're never, fucking stupid. Never will. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot them entirely. Uh, we'll hate them regardless. Ready to hate. Who, to, for the record, who who is your favorite character? I mean, from now the two episodes that I've watched and remembered, Rufus is clearly. Oh God! <laughs> okay, no wonder. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Jesus. This episode too. You hate. You liked. Wait, what is it? It's about you and Ganesh. I the mean, two, I'm two sorry. This man. This man comes out on top in this episode. I feel he, the man is it's never a, a top. By the way, <laughs> I just want to like be clear about that. I mean, it's this man, very... this this man was giving top. It's a, okay. No, he no he doesn't. He gets sub. Like he he is he's, he's <laughs> in that relationship with Lily. I thought you were saying that he gives head. Like he sucks. Oh no, dick. no, no. I'm, he's just top dog. I don't know why no, you guys are no, going no. there. Lily is pegging the shit out of him every night in that bedroom. Yeah, absolutely. No, he he sucks on Lily's peg. I do picture that. Does nothing for either I party. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how we've gotten off the rails so so far. Um, should I should I get into my uh, what what weird happened to me through between? Uh, uh, it seems like you're begging um, to get there. So if if you need to, yeah, <laughs> well, go. Like you I, I want to know. Do you want I, us I to want, ask? Want <laughs> it seems like you want I'm, us I'm to ask. <laughs> Richie, please ask. So uh, what do you want me to ask? Richie, no, should we move fine, on thanks. with the show? I just. <laughs> 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 I just want I just want the opinion of of the expert. Okay, panel. Let, Do you guys believe in like in like uh, signs? Like if you ask for a sign and then a sign appears that like sets your mm. sets your worries at ease. Like oh, just give me a sign and then no, you see that no. sign. You're like because okay, then you're looking you're looking out. for it and then it, it it comes because you asked for it. That's not... what I yeah. said. Yeah, I was talking to a friend and she's a big believer in like asking for a sign. She's like, no, just try it. Just try ask for a sign and see what happens. I'm like, all right, so. 
I'm not going to tell you what I was. Yeah, I was going to say. Like, I mean, yeah, all right, fine. That's fine. But my my sign that I was looking for, I said, okay. So if this is going to happen, uh, my sign. I just, I just need this I want thing to, to stop. I just need a sign for someone here. to stop me. And he's like, there it is in big white letters on a red sign. <laughs> so the sign I was looking for was a big rubber band. That's okay. what, that was my sign. All right, and then mm-hmm. I go into work. Uh, three days later, after I put it into the universe, on Monday I said, this is my sign. If this is going to happen, send me a big rubber band. Lord, okay. or universe, or whoever you, whoever you talk. Lord universe. <laughs> Lord universe. That sounds awesome. On that send Thursday. Me a sign, Lord universe. On that Thursday, I'm getting class ready. I'm like getting the lesson up there on the smart board, and I hear one of my students say, Mr. G, you think if I put this around my head, my head would squish like a watermelon? <laughs> and I look, and the and kids head got a huge... A huge and his head squished. <laughs> no, he's got a huge rubber band around his head, and I was like, um, "What is that?" And he looks yeah. at me like I'm crazy, and he says, "It's a big rubber band." As if I what is that? Known. Say it, please say it out loud for me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Wow, this is my." Son. And then the next day he comes in and he says, "Hey, I noticed that you really liked my big rubber band, so I asked my mom if she had another one, and I just wanted to give this to you." And he gave me <laughs> a big rubber band. So is this a How sign? Old is he? Uh, he is a ninth grader. Okay. Just was curious. I asked my mom for another rubber band. <laughs> I had to guess. I had to ask. I was like, this could be any age. I was like, but I'm, I'm, I, it, it feels like a second grader. <laughs> I asked my mom if I could give my teacher another rubber band, and you said ninth grade. You know like, All right. I mean, yeah, I guess the they ch- could do the same. <laughs> Question at first, him asking me if it would squish his head like a watermelon probably did not <laughs> didn't help. I think something Should I would I- ask though, to be fair. Um, no, I I think that's bullshit because you work in a school. There's gonna be there's a lot of rubber bands around. It's gonna. It's gonna. No, come but not up big. A lot of not signs. big. Not big yeah, rubber. Yeah, but band. was your sign big rubber band? It was just rubber. Not band. just any yes, rubber. Yes, band. it was. I said. I my sign was big rubber band. And I'm not saying I believe. I'm saying it's a coincidence. Okay. But I just want. I just want the record to show that I asked for a big rubber band, and he, in his own words, said, "Why, sir, this is a big rubber band." <laughs> Are you wearing the big rubber band in your head right now? Um, all right. No, then. I keep it. I keep it on the uh, on on the ottoman and the living room to just play with. Okay. I, yeah, I agree with you. I think it's and nice, but it's a Castellanos. That's a fly into left field. <laughs> why? Why are we doing this? That's my segue. Oh, okay, great. Uh, so one. you've lost interest. So non sequiturs <laughs> are think, segues now. <laughs> what do you? Uh, what do you think, Richie? Sign or no sign? Uh, no sign. All right, I, I agree. I just wanted someone to say. I think otherwise. you're also hoping that we would say it was a sign, right? That would exactly. Yeah, I, I was. I was track. hoping for that, but yeah. I, we're all in agreement that was, that was just a, just a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Seems like you're hoping sound, for a sign. Sound, <laughs> sound off in the comments. Sign or no sign. Sign or no sign. <laughs> we'll get to the bottom of this. <laughs> all right, let's get into the episode. Right, wait, now. Wait, wait, wait. It could uh, be a hashtag. Do you co-sign the sign? Okay, yeah, because uh, I'm a math teacher. Yeah, 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 exactly. And then if you don't co-sign the sign, uh, you you can say uh, tangent. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Sure. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> All right. All right, before this uh, episode gets any worse, let's get let's get into the episode. Try, try to save this one. <laughs> Brendan, the episode is titled The Fasting and the Furious. Do you have any idea what this episode might be referencing? Oh, uh, you, you give him the small... I wanted that one. <laughs> The guests don't get an option. Game. You could tell me. If, yeah, you could, is, if, yeah. Yo, is there an option to like phone a guest? I never got that no. option. I'm going to say no. Huh. Okay. I guess I'll do this on my own. Uh, Here we go. 
Fast and Furious. Movie one. Brendan, it is referencing the 2001 film, The Fast and the Furious. Wow. You are now three for five on the season. A hot start. Hot. Hot and fast. Hot start. Uh, Richie, were you going to say the same thing? I going to say Ocean's 12. Mm. Okay, well, um, you would have been wrong, didn't. and yeah. it would have been embarrassing. So good thing you didn't, good thing thank you didn't help Brendan. We start. I'm glad you didn't with- phone me. Yeah, <laughs> we start with Louis and Blair, and Louis is, of course, doing his trademark thing of staring off into the distance <laughs> and not saying anything. And he's Blair doing the thing says, where uh, dads look out their back window and admire their grass. That, that's all Louis. Do, like this whole episode, he does this like five times in this very episode where he's just like staring in the distance. I am starting like, to just laugh at him every time he comes up on screen. He's just so comical that <laughs> he doesn't do anything. So I have the theory now that Louis might be a robot that is just like yeah. off until like Blair like activates him like he just stares ahead and then when Blair comes in he's like oh hello wee wee <laughs> like have you we've never seen him sleep we've never seen him close his eyes whenever someone's not talking to him he is just like staring at a wall like yeah. it's very strange you you have the experience where like you know someone's coming into the room that you are and you're doing something stupid or like you're not doing anything and you don't want them to catch you doing like absolutely nothing. You like you must like pretend to like uh-huh. just go on your phone or something. So it looks like you're busy. Yeah, like, he should learn yep, how yep, to yep. do that. Yes, this happened to me recently. I was just like standing in, in the hallway, and someone was like, "Are are you, were you looking for me?" And I was like, "No, I'm just standing here doing nothing." It's very embarrassing. <laughs> exactly. You never want to be caught doing a Louis. Yeah, you never want to do a Louis. This one or the ah, comedian. Doing a Louis. <laughs> <laughs> she said, "Doing a Louis." I see. <laughs> French Louis Grimaldi, just, fucking, I hope, not just CK. jacking off in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> so Blair hopes that all goes well today because the most important thing to her is her baby being born into a big, happy family. Um, Serena gets a call from producer Jane. Uh, she wants to know if Serena has the right sedan's book yet. Uh, I'm assuming this is how every phone call has been going between them because it's been like a week and Serena still hasn't gotten the rights. And uh, Serena's like, no, I just finished reading it, unfortunately. Well, first of all, it's about time. Again, it's been a week. Dan gave this to you <laughs> a while yeah, ago you asking you to read it. Why reading it first before she go, went and asked Right. Dan. Also, what does that have to do with anything? Like, we know that Serena is very into the book that she's working on, which is how she got the original job to begin with. But she hasn't even secured the rights yet, so... Like, if you're not going to read the book, at least get the rights to it. You don't need, yeah, you don't need to know uh, what's about. Not very professional. Yes. No, but so, Serena's our working girl of uh, of Gossip Girl, so yeah, she's the most professional. She's a big working got. girl. She loves her job. That's always been her thing. She's big a real quotes. career woman. Uh, and Jane <laughs> reminds Serena that this is her chance to make up for her blowing the Daniel Day-Lewis deal. And far be it for me to stick up for Serena. I know. But she didn't blow anything. She First of all, she was the one responsible for booking the deal in the first place. And then someone just happened to write a book that had a character with a similar name to her, and she pulled out. If anything, she should have been like praised for getting Daniel Day-Lewis in the first place. Right. It, th- her boss of, that she has now started loving Serena for no reason, and now she hates her for right. no reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Producer Jane, like New York Jane is much different than L.A. Jane. Yeah, yeah. More pressure, baby. Yeah, that's the that's the big coast flip, man. This whole episode is a flip flop. The whole episode is a flip. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I was you, gonna say that when you're I had right, that whole thing's a flip flop. Don't even don't even get me started. It's got I the mean, say, once, It's got like oh. the the rubber bottom. It's got the the th- the thongs in the front. Yeah, uh, it's got that thing that's wedged big, between my toes that makes you me like feel the, insecure when I think about it. You like the thong flip flop, or you like the the nice little sliders? Sliders, if anything, I but slides. I I don't think I like either. Or honestly. I'm not a flip-flopper as well, but yeah, slider, if anything, with if the anything, nice little Velcro yeah. patch to, to strap them in. Yeah, I, I'm not a big flip-flop guy as well. I, I don't, oh, you know, God, no. catch me catch me in sneakers and socks on the beach, baby. Yeah, honestly, it's, I, I'll go Crocs if I'm on the beach, but 
really don't go to the beach that often. I was just telling Mel, Mel this. Uh, she was talking about beach drinks. I'm like, that sounds nice if I were to go to the beach. Not a big beach guy either. You're right, Brendan. You're so right. <laughs> you have so many similarities. Me and you were talking off air about how Radiohead sucks. <laughs> and now we both hate <laughs> beaches. We hate beaches. Oh my we God. We, dog, just lost, Radiohead sucks. we just lost 50 subscribers as soon as you <laughs> Holy said shit. that. Radiohead heads are in full force. We might have lost Richie as well. I'm not sure. In a room. Richie, you're a big Radiohead. In a room, you two. Um, they're okay. okay. I'm not. That's good. I've never really was into them, but I never really okay, gave them a chance. You so. seem like a radio head guy, so I'm no. glad that you're uh, indifferent. I yeah, I, I don't know if I should be insulted by that. You do seem like a radio head guy. <laughs> We're not going to explain why. What was that supposed to mean? <laughs> it, seems, it, it seems like just like if I were to ask you, what's a band that you like? I feel like you'd be like Radiohead. Hmm. I think lo- local natives are like, like the radio head of the it current. <laughs> Don't so Diana that, announces that. that the Diana announces that the site goes live in twenty, and a room full of full of people starts applauding. Where did they come from? <laughs> they do all this hiring. Richie, just, Richie, just so you know, there was none of these workers Charlie. here last week. There was a it was a three person crew entirely, and all of a sudden she now has thirty five workers. Business Richie, weeks, is booming. <laughs> two weeks ago, Diana fired her entire staff because uh, she wanted to fuck Nate in the office, and Nate didn't want an audience. So she fired everyone so they could have sex. And then last week, she hired Charlie, and that was the whole staff. And now, off air, I guess, there's just been a, she has just been on a, on a hiring spree. I like that phrase, by the way. I want to fuck you in the office. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm going to say this. Uh, we're blown away. Blown away. They didn't just they didn't just go for, you know, any Bond girl. They went for a Powers girl. Elizabeth yes. Hurley, she's everything. Diana yes. Payne. Listen, uh she is a she's a foxy older lady for, for sure. <laughs> foxy older lady. Oh, is that what she's from? She's from Nate, Austin Powers an audience. Hey, Brenda, I'm sure I'm surprised yeah, she's from Austin Powers. As, now uh, it's starting as to I, click. I wrote that down in preparation for Brendan. Now it's starting to click. I see it now. Wow, so Brendan, you, you're not a you true love fan. Diana Payne now. You're, I guess so. I, I really like hate her after this episode, but now I love her. <laughs> I love her. Uh, the royals are back. Princess Sophie and Beatrice show up to the Waldorf residence, but Eleanor and Cyrus are there to greet them. Cyrus, very happy to see them again, and I am so happy to see Cyrus again. Mm. Uh, always a pleasure when Cyrus is here, and Eleanor for that matter. We love them now. I we wish that instead now. of We've always loved this Cyrus. fucking stupid royal family, it was just like Sal Perez, Bobby Witt Jr., the rest of the royals instead. <laughs> the rest. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait. This is the part where they're uh, the royal family's meeting them in their home, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I gotta say, I wrote down these two quotes. Okay, um, go for it. Blew my mind when the yep. <laughs> when they said, uh, "You're still you still love hugs, or you're still yep. a hugger," and he just immediately is the northern spotted owl still a predator? <laughs> that's a classic. It's a classic line. <laughs> I had to do a what? double take. I, I rewind <laughs> everything. On every time you, that I you, that. Went, you went to the beginning. You took another train. You said, yeah. said let's turn yeah, around, train. conductor. I got to start the episode over. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I got I to gotta go back into the city. Um, the conductor threw it in reverse. All, all this drama, and he's like, I'm so thrilled it's happening on Yom Kippur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. had to throw that in there just and at this point tread lightly fellas well yes uh, it's is a uh, very very timely that that they are celebrating yom kippur here and uh he 
he is still a a, a a hugger, as we know the 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 spotted owl or whatever is a yes, predator. Yes, so. Uh, they are all excited for Blair and Louie's big announcement. Uh, Cyrus, as Richie said, is, is thrilled that it's happening on Yom Kippur. Hopes that uh, the Royals, not to be confused with the Kansas City Royals, will stay to break mm-hmm. the fast with them. And uh, Cyrus recalls that Princess Sophie is quite fond of smoked salmon. Cyrus and Sophie really have quite the friendship. I, I, I yeah, I, 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 forget, I, I this think this did, they, they really hit it off, I think, the first and only time they ever met. Um, yes. That's what, hence the hug thing. I, but. Do you think they've been... You think they've been texting like back and forth since then? Like, I guess he's texting if he's got time. Maybe. Absolutely. Yeah. Richie, are, are you getting Absolutely. confused by the way when we keep saying Cyrus? Because uh, do you think, do do you think we're talking to you? <laughs> no, because because you're not laughing after you say the name, so it must be somebody else. I, I don't know if, if for the listeners out there, uh, Richie's middle name is Cyrus. So that's, oh, that's funny. what a middle name! Yeah. Why you gotta ask me like that? Named after Miley. <laughs> that's usually I, I still remember in college when it somehow we came on the conversation of middle names and as soon as i shared it brennan was cry laughing <laughs> and then any time it ever came up he would start cry laughing and go oh you mean you mean him <laughs> his, his middle name <laughs> like you could barely keep it together <laughs> it's very funny it's middle name so yeah. i yeah i couldn't get confused you you're saying it with a straight face I think it's funny because you didn't want to tell us what it was, and the fact that you made it seem like it was a secret made it uh, oh, that, that much more, even better. more That's savory. Really good. That's really good. You did it to yourself. Yeah, so. yeah clearly. So Blair and Louie come downstairs, and everyone stares at them, and uh, Blair announces that they're having a baby, and Eleanor has, I think, the appropriate reaction. Baby, you're still in college, which, thank you, like... Everyone else loves this. Yeah, Cyrus no, it's, thinks it's wonderful. I get it, but like she <laughs> definitely not the best reaction either. No, I, I think it's the best. I think it is the best reaction. <laughs> I think that's the the correct, Baby, the correct thought, college. but not the correct thing to say Let's out loud. Get rid of that bad boy. Uh, well, all right. Um, uh, El- El- yeah, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Like, yeah, I guess you could get rid of it, but uh, if she seems, ex- if Blair seems excited, uh, I don't think that's on the table. You know what? Let's act this out, Brennan. Um, what would you say in that moment if uh, you were her? Act okay, it out. Brandon, your, your daughter comes what home. Do you think? She's in college. You're the one addressing this. Wait, wait, is my daughter, daughter. As, as hot as Blair? I'll be your daughter. Uh, Papa Brendan, well, if it's Gagan. I'm, I'm very hot. And guess what? I'm so hot know, that someone had sex with me, and now I'm pregnant. I figured as much. You're basically asking for it. Oh, my God. As a mom would say. And the mom, I'm not, I didn't know it was the mom. Yeah, you're Eleanor. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you're Eleanor. That makes sense. You're basically you asking really, for uh, it. understand this. You just right. changed the voice. <laughs> and that's our exercise. That's... All right. Wow. Acting. So I think Acting, that Eleanor wow. had a better reaction than Brendan did just now. So I think. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I'm glad we, I'm glad we heard a better that. mom. Eleanor wants to know the record for the youngest grandmother on the Upper East Side, and uh, I feel like the answer to that question would probably depress us, but it certainly isn't however old Eleanor is, because she is old. Older than Diana Payne, even, it seems. It does seem. Oh. Is Diana Payne a grandma? No, but we oh. call her the old lady all the time, and Eleanor is older than the old lady. <laughs> I think you just named a random person that she's older than. It's not, not hard to do. Uh, because we've been calling Diana Payne old for yeah, a very long time. That means we're means we have to find an even older lady. Eleanor's even older than Blair. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have to find the oldest lady. <laughs> okay, I, I don't. And Nate will still want to fuck her. 
guys really find uh, humor in everything. Mm-hmm. We're just grasping at straws. <laughs> mm-hmm. If you don't know if it's funny, really. just, just laugh. Just laugh. If you don't know, now you know. <laughs> so, where where were we? Sophie's thrilled, but only if the uh, baby is born after they're married, of course, because the last thing the family needs is another bastard. Uh, seems pretty arbitrary that it just has to be born after this, whenever this wedding is, yeah, but all right. Who's a bastard in this and family? Was it the, I don't know. Is, She's like, the last thing we need is another ba- bastard. Well, I don't know. I, I feel like she should have explained more, but she just, like, says I, that. I, I want to say that they did tell us this, but it, it wasn't important enough to really care about and, like, put into my memory bank, but I, I, it rings a bell a little bit. I mean, oh, I remember, Blair, assume... I am a bastard child. <laughs> yeah, they, that's, <laughs> that must have been it. that historically, royal families just have bastard kids. Okay. Yeah, sure. Right. I, I don't, History teacher. I don't, I, mean, I don't know much about the royals, but I guess they're all, all right. bastards, according to, mm-hmm. <laughs> to Richie. Um, Roll. <laughs> quote me, royal, all royal family are bastards. <laughs> all royals are bastards, Arab. Oh, I guess we, that's an unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Chevy Chase? <laughs> <laughs> that was my Chevy Chase impression. Yep. <laughs> oh. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> so, uh, Blair thanks Beatrice for keeping the secret, and Serena comes downstairs. Blair wants her to stay and celebrate, and Serena responds that she'd love to, but she has to get to work. And goes, "Looks like you have plenty of people to celebrate with, what and you can tell me about it after, problem. or I'll just read about it." Like, not only is what she said rude, but she says it in the most monotone voice ever like even more mumbly than usual yeah and serena's being such a dick to her friend for no reason just because she was the star of the book that she thought she was going to be a star of and I, I, I thought it was just because blair got fucked by dan I, I didn't realize it was more than that it's more it's even more embarrassing for serena it's just because blair had more screen time <laughs> in the book than... <laughs> in the book i'm not gonna be the star of this movie blair is that's so fucked up she's embarrassing so she could have had, had it but um you know, she's just phoning it in, I think, Blake Lively. <laughs> if she that delivered that. Yeah, I, mean, I think at this point, you know, season five. She's, yeah, she's overreacting, but in the most, like, understated way. Uh-huh. And Blair is noticeably confused, <laughs> does not know what's going on. Um, little Charlie is getting ready for her first day of work. And uh, she's with her fake parents, Lily and Rufus. And Lily asks if she's excited. And uh, Charlie's like, yeah, it wasn't exactly the job I was looking for. But when it fell into my lap, I couldn't say no. And Rufus is doing uh, what is now also the Louis, and he's just, like, staring ahead. <laughs> he's, like, staring at her eating her breakfast, and he's like, oh, man, I love making breakfast for people, and, like, since I'm so long, I'm no longer happy I raised my own kids, I'm just going to make waffles for Charlie forever. <laughs> so the plotline of the parents is just that Rufus is depressed now, and Lily thinks it's a joke. <laughs> She's just like, oh, poor little baby, Woof. Rufus is depressed. And, like, that's, like, the whole Rufus episode, like, I just hate- rubbing his tummy. Anne wrote a book about me, and I hate my kids now, so now I just want to make waffles for Charlie. There, there, Rivers. In time, everything. you can talk to Dan. Like, okay, maybe. No wonder why Lily thinks it's a joke. was that simple. I wonder why Lily thinks it's a joke. <laughs> so, Rufus, uh, Rufus also agrees to make dinner for tonight so they can hear, uh, for tonight, so they can hear all about Char- Charlie's uh, first waffles. day. Uh, this is Rufus's family. <laughs> no, chili for dinner, of course. Okay, all right. And... Lily is surprised that he doesn't want to go to the Waldorfs to break fast, and he says, I'm not really in the mood. And Lily thinks it's ironic that the state lifts her house arrest, and now uh, Rufus wants to be all locked up, and I guess in turn, is also keeping her locked up now. And Rufus gets a call from Dan, and Rufus hits the fuck you button. Like, he does not even answer it. Rufus is the adult in this situation, and once again, he is being a big, big baby. I mean, this book (laughs) turned everyone in his life into a big baby. Seriously. 
and, except for Lily, of course, who is the voice of reason, and yes. tells Rufus that the only way he's going to get out of this funk is if he sits down with Dan and listens to what he has to say. And stupid Rufus says, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> I'm not ready to talk gossip to my girl, kid. girl, more like gossip baby. It, this is this is your hero. This is your hero, by the way, Richie. I don't know. What this you're is your hero, Richie. Yeah. Well, you know, you know what? All the others kind of not really carrying their weight in this episode. I this man Moore comes is... out on top. I stand by it. <laughs> All right, we'll see. But whatever. So <laughs> more. Uh, I think more insulting than Richie. You look like a guy who likes Radiohead. I think Richie. I'm not surprised <laughs> that you're a big Rufus fan. You look <laughs> oh, like a guy man. who would like Rufus. That's a slam if I ever earned one. Oh. <laughs> All right, Rufy. Rufy, I almost called him Rufy. Richie oh my god, <laughs> Richie. That's the ship name. Rufus Ruf and R Richie is Rufy. Um, so, Rufy, um, Chuck, Chuck, and Nate are hanging out in the dog dog park. Uh, Nate's trying to become an editor now. He's like, he's basically like everyone thought JFK was an idiot until he became an editor. So I'm going to try to figure out how to do that so I can <laughs> stop being an idiot too. And that's. What Nate wants wants to do, and so girl Nate and boy Nate are both like, being working girls. Yeah, <laughs> Nate is uh, very into being a Kennedy in, in this episode. I know apparently from what is that a obsession? Background, but like, I, I, I don't know. Is it is that idol does that foreshadow <laughs> Nate's <Maybe>. assassination? <laughs> <laughs> you just, and everyone's like, cards. oh wait, just like oh, wait, that makes roots. sense. <laughs> He kept talking about the Kennedys in season five. <laughs> Nate, gets his, Nate gets his head blown off in season six, episode three. I, I know this is a no-spoiler podcast, but we have boy, it's, it's very graphic. Yeah, that episode's directed by M. Night Shyamalan, and everyone's like, oh, okay. That was a real tough a one. single-episode guest <laughs> director. Yeah. And then, He's like, uh, turn around. <laughs> so, um, Dan now enters the dog park as well. Uh, he has a gift for Chuck and Monkey. What a cute BFF! He's getting Chuck's dog gifts now. Yeah, and, I, 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 uh, I missed something too. I was like, oh, is this part of Chuck's new plan for something? <laughs> like, oh, Chuck's no, got no plans. I, he just wants to fuck his therapist. And Dan <laughs> is better friends with Chuck than he is with Nate right now for some reason. Dan's also boys with like Victor. He's like, hey, I asked Victor where you were. So that means Dan's just like calling up Victor and be like, hey, buddy, where's where's Chuck at? All right, the dog Dan, park. I'll Dan's see in his Chuck area. He's, he's wearing he nicer outfits. Weird hang. He's, he's important, yeah, he's, man. He's uh, the only one that likes Dan these days. And Nate has to leave. Um, he's trying to avoid Dan. And uh, Dan asks Nate when he's going to let it go. And Nate tells him that only a whole person could answer that. And he uh, says it with a, with a charming little half smile on, yeah, on his face. Yeah, it seems like they're on their way to being friends again soon. I thought I thought like this was gonna be all right. I forgive you, buddy. But then Dan just like exasperatedly apologizes for Nate making Nate half a character, and uh, he reminds Nate that he's forgiven people for much worse, which is true. But Nate just ignores him and says bye to Chuck. So uh, it, it's it's just our new best friend duo, Dan and Chuck. It's fine for now. I guess they, they can uh, yeah. you know extend this a little bit, and uh, when we have time for Nate and Dan to interact, maybe next episode or the next couple, we'll see them work this out. Hopefully, yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, Dan and Chuck are both back to their old ways. Dan says uh, he is too, but not in a good way. He thought the days of everyone turning their backs on him were over. And Chuck always knows what to say. He tells Dan at least this time it's because they hate him and not because they don't know he exists. Is that better? I feel like I think it's, it's, it's better for Dan. I think that's kind of what Dan wants. I guess, yeah. And well, to I mean, Chuck, that would also be better. Yeah, I yeah. guess it depends on who yeah, you are. Exactly. Any press is good press. I agree with that. Always. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I mean, Chuck's there to fuck dogs, so. <laughs> what? Is that what you got Isn't from this that episode? Why he's there? I mean, yeah. I think he's there to Chuck maybe watch the dogs fuck. 
and him trying to fuck I the I watched this episode owner. so many times on the train. <laughs> I think I would know. <laughs> I didn't get that Chuck Chuck's was there intentions. to fuck a dog, to pull a You didn't see Blink-182. Yeah, he was listening to Blink-182 on the way. Yeah, I, much like Richie is 100% a radio fan, a Radiohead fan, I don't think Chuck is a big is fan of radio. To, to, <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big Radiohead. Uh, I don't think Chuck is a big fan of Blink-182. I, I couldn't imagine. What the hell does Chuck listen to? Oh, God. Just that is like a... to moaning, sounds of moaning. <laughs> he just listens to porn. <laughs> I love this track. This is my this favorite, favorite Yes, song. it's Easy Top and a lot of porn. This is Easy Top. <laughs> What a blend. Care for a one, care for a mixtape? It's ZZ Top and porn. <laughs> they start to blend after a while. I've always said that at ZZ Top. So, <laughs> so Chuck tells Dan to be patient. Soon his literary misdeeds will be forgotten. A pretty good advice from Chuck here, and Dan calls him psychic because he gets a text from Serena asking to get breakfast. But we know why Serena really wants to get breakfast. It is not to make amends with Dan, but to use him some more because she is selfish, mm-hmm. much like Sabrina in the book, and. Dan's like, well, if Serena can get over it, maybe my dad will return my calls, which <laughs> you would think. one doesn't really have anything to do with the other, <laughs> since they're two separate people, uh, unlike Nate and Eric, who are famously not two separate people. But but I guess uh, in his defense, yeah. like that sort of makes sense, just because, like, oh, if this like big baby moron that's a child can <laughs> forgive me, then maybe my father, who's supposed to be an adult, can forgive well, me. Well, his father's the bigger baby moron yeah, that's I more know. of a child. So. Yeah. Is, this, is this what boy math is? This is boy math, yep. (laughs) Monkeys start humping another dog. So Chuck rushes over and asks the owner uh, of the other dog if they can finish. And the woman just turns out to be a psychologist. And Chuck's like, oh, great. I've been feeling out of sorts recently. And she gives him her cards. And uh, Chuck shakes hands with her. And, like, I wish I had psychologists falling into my lap like this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Also, like... It's, it's it's much harder than they, they make it seem in this episode. <laughs> I, I bet it is. Uh, I, I also don't think that they're like a good match, though. Like, I know that that's the hardest thing is to find the right match for yourself. I, I don't think that she should ever <laughs> therapize him after him, I mean, after the way he treated her. Yeah, he, I mean, he was there to fuck a dog, so. Yeah. That's something he can sort out in therapy. Yeah. Chuck needs to find a therapist he doesn't want to fuck and stalk. Yeah. Yes, that's the key. It's key for both um, parties. <laughs> at the spectator everyone knows the drill as soon as they go live the phones blow up it is time but as they're about to go live gossip girl instantly sends out a blast imitation might be the sincerest form of flattery but stealing is an outright crime and that's what a new rival has committed when cell phones disappeared and reappeared at the jenny packham show uh gossip girl kind of iconic for this one like i truly was not expecting that to happen and uh very very satisfying as a diana Payne hater to watch her her plans her go up in struggle flames. a little bit yeah that was yeah. good yeah, so nate says no. they can't go up <laughs> Nate says they can't go live now because everyone will know they were talking about Diana. It's too big of a risk. So the uh, plan is aborted for the moment, unlike uh, Blair's child. But do you think do, do we have a leak from Oof. one of these one of these workers or not, not really confirmed so, the episode? How does Gossip Girl find out about this? Like, I know we, we don't really have to find out how Gossip Girl mm. knows things, but sometimes we we know like who told or who at least like leaked it to to them. Yeah, I can't. I can't remember. So yeah, uh, I, I don't, a, it was not, obviously not Chate and uh, Chate, not Nate, not Charlie. Ooh. I don't think. Chate, their, their ship name. Oh, Chate. Oh, are you okay? Charlie You're getting nervous, Nate. Brandon. <laughs> not nervous. <laughs> I'm just a little excited. I was thinking about those dogs before. <laughs> so, 
Back to the Waldorfs and the non-Kansas City Royals. Blair is going over the plan of how this pregnancy and marriage will work. Uh, Cyrus is impressed she has it figured all out, but Beatrice tries to tell her mother they have a problem. But uh, Sophie tells her not to stir up trouble because a baby is never a problem, which, uh, all right, sure. Mm. And Beatrice says that Blair is... Yeah. Beatrice says that Blair is very controlling and is the one making the decisions for the wedding and will do the same for the child, which, okay, well, this seems like something that maybe Blair and Louis should talk about and has nothing to do with Beatrice and Sophie. Right. And, and which one's Beatrice? Which one's Sophie? Sophie's a mom. Sophie's mommy. Sophie is pr- Princess Sophie's yeah. mommy and Beatrice is. It's, so is Sophie's so on board to let Louis and Blair do whatever they want at first. And then immediately yeah. <laughs> Beatrice just gets in her ears like, you know what? Lip. My daughter's right. I'm on her side. Well, she was wow. like, my daughter Flip-flop. did something bad, and Blair reacted as if it was bad. But now, and I, I agree with Blair, but her reaction tells me that maybe I should agree with Like, it doesn't make sense. Exactly. It's a, it's a classic flip-flop. So It's the flip-flop. We'll bring flip-flops into this again. Uh, <laughs> I'm Princess bringing it Sophie back. This is, the main, this is the main point. This is it. Princess Sophie is confident that Louis will protect the royal's tradition, but Beatrice asks if Blair will. This is stupid. This is a stupid plot point. This is... I, I, I'm not enjoying this. Now, there's nothing. There's no way for me to buy into this. I don't believe anything that's happening. It doesn't make sense. You lost me. Yeah, what do you mean? 100%. You've never had a family member uh, married off to royalty and then they <laughs> contemplate the raising of the child? <laughs> not yet. <laughs> We're getting there. You need a family member with Cyrus in the name, I guess. I guess, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> Night is young. <laughs> Um, Need your dad to adopt Dan, me. And <laughs> Dan, <laughs> me too. <laughs> adopted by Richie's dad. He's a nice man. Mr. Henderson. He's a good hang. Boys want to watch adopted. baseball. <laughs> Next time you go watch baseball with your dad, we just turn on Gossip Girl instead. <laughs> My dad no longer wants to get dinner. He's like, I ordered takeout with the boys. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching Gossip, Gossip Girl, Girl night with the boys. But then, then he corrects he edits it my boys instead of the boys <laughs> me matt and brendan and richie's not invited oh and richie has to watch, watch the same episode but on the double I, the li double r yeah yeah, yeah. And, and he facetimes in while watching <laughs> dan and serena are at breakfast serena tells dan that she owes him an apology because she may have overreacted about the way he portrayed her in the book and uh, she is saying this to butter him up because she's going to act uh, again just the way like she's portrayed in the book mm. and, and as for a selfish favor and dan is relieved to hear that at least one of his old friends gets it and he earnestly thanks serena and says it's been really hard having his dad and nate and blair not talk to him and serena's like one down three to go and dan is uh, surprised that serena was the first because he knows who serena is so uh he should be knowing that there must be a catch yeah so for me for her to be able to just do this and go walk away afterwards and not care anymore it should it should have been easy to forgive him the first place. why are you, what do you care this much if you're able to kind of act and then be like right. all right you know what <laughs> i'll talk to me she wasn't you like skate like she you... wasn't she wasn't like oh Dan, no. <laughs> i'm so mad after she walked away from dan she was fine she probably could have actually forgiven him for real if you can act it you can forgive it for real yeah well, I'll be honest. I'm just stuck on what the hell did they order breakfast? Um, I, was, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if you saw it, but he had a coffee in his hand. But then there were two bowls with spoons. I was convinced <laughs> they ordered soup for breakfast. Mm, breakfast soup. <laughs> it really threw me soup. off. Is breakfast soup? I was like, I'm sorry. Did the, did Dan get coffee and soup? Did he get a hot with a hot? Mm. A hot with a hot. Say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't like even hot. having coffee with. Anything that's also liquid. 
Like today I had oatmeal okay. with my coffee. And That's like, I shouldn't true have done too. This. this is kind of liquidy. Uh, or like cereal and coffee also, doesn't work either. Also a hot with a hot. Oh, that's a hot with a not hot. How's it not hot? It's a hot with a cold. <laughs> hot with a hot with a cold. Hot with a cold. Cold with hot. <laughs> so, uh, Serena asks how it's been aside from the personal reaction, and like she's walking a delicate balance here because she has to choose the exact right time to ask this question and like the right way to ask it, otherwise it'll blow up in her face. But uh, she does it well because she like ever so nonchalantly asks, "Oh, and what's happening with the uh, film rights to the book?" And Dan hasn't thought about it, and he's like, wow, a movie would be crazy. And Serena's like, well, you know, if you ever do decide to, you want to make it one, you know, my boss Jane would kill to produce it. And I get what Serena's doing here, making it seem like uh, she's doing him the favor, but I feel like she should have been more like, oh, well, if you want to make it into a movie, like, I could talk to my boss for you, I could convince her to turn it into one. Like, really hammer home that she's, like, doing this for Dan so that he feels more indebted to her. Right. Otherwise, I, I, I'm surprised Dan didn't see this and be like, hmm, right. I see you're asking for a favor. This is going to help you more than it's going to help me. Right. Uh, but she does a good job with it because Dan eats it up and uh, much yeah. like his soap, soup. As always. Serena <laughs> and says, it would be great if it could happen. So seems to be going very well for Serena. And uh, Dan gets an important phone call from his agent that he has to take. But he's really happy that I'm he so and excited. Serena are friends again. So they'll talk more later. And we are all so happy that he and Serena are friends again. Oh, so happy. It was so easy, oh, Serena. So Just so... All you have to do is pretend. All you have to do. And so Dan I answers the do. phone. And he tells Alessandra that he was talking to his friend about movie rights and he would love to give them to his friend. But Alessandra's like, no, you are not locking down film rights with someone just because they're your friend. And uh, Dan tells her that Serena's boss is a big producer, though. Uh, Have you ever heard of producer Jane? She did Disgraced Pervert David O. Russell's next film. And Alessandra says, speaking of Disgraced Perverts, guess who else (laughs) is interested in your film? It's Harvey Weinstein. I have him on the other line. Ding, 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 ding. (laughs) Ping perv. We love him. We go from... One perv to an even greater perv. Man, I know I've talked a lot of shit in the past, but uh, I want to be on the record that I would go with Serena over Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> wow, the bold take. I know. Who incredibly gets another reference on the show. Remember when Dan dated his daughter in season three? No, I, Harvey Weinstein's daughter? Yes, Willa. Willa Weinstein. No, wow. I didn't know he dated the I gotta WWE. Say, I gotta say thank you guys um, for... Giving me the episode that mentions Weinstein so much. I thought you were about to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. I got to go, actually. No, you gave me this. And literally, as soon as the name is mentioned, I was, my ears perk up. And then it's mentioned several times after. And I was like, holy crap. I was like, I wonder if one of them did a Weinstein count. It's, it's almost like, like they knew. You don't hear it often anymore. They knew it was funny to say. You know it's beforehand. Purposeful. Yeah. You don't. But... Back in season three, Willa Weinstein was a character that went to NYU with Dan and was like obsessed with him and like oh, was like yeah. sabotaging his relationship and like invited him over to watch her performance film, which was just a I didn't a I don't think I realized like that was her so having sex scene, with someone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We I mean I Oof. did mention it, but that's there um, you go. So more, much more on Harvey Weinstein later, unfortunately. But uh, I, so, wait, Serena, what would you two do in this uh, scenario? If you if you were Dan and you knew your friend could get you uh, essentially a movie made out of your out of your book, but then you find out a lot of other people can probably get you more money. Do you do your friend the favor, or do you not care because it's really not Serena's job and she's not like strapped for cash? Do you just go with what's best for you? So f- for me, it wouldn't be about the money, uh, but it would be about that I am a, I'm a big bitch, and if my boss is telling me, no, do this, I'd be like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Alessandra, I'm sorry, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, especially if as it a, was, you're still young, too. He's, he's like 20 in this season, he's supposed to be. Right. 
And if it was completely up to me and I wasn't uh, cowering to to my uh, publicist or agent or whoever mm-hmm. Alessandra is, uh, I'd be like, I, I would want to do my friend the favor. Yeah, I'm all about friendship, baby. Yeah. Let's come first. That's yeah. what I say. But I agree with you too. Like, especially I, since he is working essentially for like this publishing company, it's not entirely his book. He's not like an independent writer, so he should probably just do whatever they right. say. Richie? I mean, my only thing is just that uh, if it were me, I wouldn't have been friends with her at that point at all. <laughs> okay. That is true. So, is, I if it were me, I wouldn't even be living in the Upper East, so- Upper East Side. I'd be living Oh, Upper East Side is good. A good ma- slam on Upper East Side. <laughs> if we're like the Upper East. Yeah. Le- Where's Gossip Girl? Uh oh, Upper East Siders. Looks like you're the Upper East Siders. There we East go. Siders. I had to turn the voice on. But, uh,. <laughs> Oh yeah, that yeah, because the I think the thing is knowing her and there, it's not like it's is it really detrimental to her job? She already blew the Daniel Day Lewis gig, so right. it's not Famously. like losing losing Dan's book is that big of a loss on top. She of said, "You already like lost little... one Daniel. We can't lose another Daniel." Yeah, it's putting a yeah. tiny hat on a snowman. As like my thing with Serena, I can That's never I never buy into say. what she's currently interested in because it's always just like her current hobby that'll last for a few. She months. doesn't it's, sell yeah, it's her hobby of her interest well. Yeah. Right. Well, Can't she's tell always what she's really into. It. I really love this yeah, job. She's always really phoning important. it in. Uh, trust me, my this job's really important to me. I really love it. Can you just do this one because I love this job? <laughs> like <that's, laughs> has, have you ever had have you ever had a coworker that's just not even trying and you're like, Have you ever you had a coworker money? that you tried to date? Did you to make love she wants you to wait? <laughs> I've had a coworker who wouldn't stop singing. I knew <laughs> Wish I knew that that was gonna cause that because then I wouldn't have said any of that. <laughs> It was all everything that you said for the whole episode was leading if up to that I'd moment. If only I'd known. I've been gently uh, trying to I'd lead known. you in that direction the whole episode. You finally I've done everything got different. <laughs> I would have chosen completely different paths. <laughs> anyway, so ignoring your question and moving on. <laughs> that's that's how I ignore people's questions. I just start, just I just start rapping it. over them. <laughs> Diana's having a chat with Ivy. Um, she knows all about Ivy now, and Ivy is confused. And Diana is blaming her for the big leak to the competitor. And I, I don't. Do you think it was Ivy who leaked this? Because again, we don't know who else it could be. I don't but know how that would help. How Ivy, would Ivy have done? Right. You know, like yeah. I think she would, if anything, be acting in her own interest, and this doesn't help her. Right. So she swears it wasn't her. Um, and Diana reminds Ivy that her biggest story is Ivy herself. So if she doesn't bring her something better, then Diana is going to tell the world that Ivy is some failed wannabe actress called Ivy. And I feel like no one reading The Spectator would care. Like, how many people know that Charlie Rhodes is, like, back in the picture and is around and yeah, like, who she yeah, is? We've, we've had like, so many better what? stories She's Ivy? This is the all-time exactly. story, apparently. That is, and that is the problem, yes, that Gossip Girl has the scoops already. Um, also, if, so if I was just, told this by Diana Payne... Uh, I would immediately be like, you know what? This is not sustainable for me because every time I bring her some awesome story, she'd be like, all right, that was great, but now bring me another one or else you I leak your right. secret. Like, this is going to happen every single time she gets a story. Every single time. She has this, hun- yeah, you're, you're cursed. You know what Jenny would do? Jenny would, like, find something on Diana or, like, get back at her in a way where, like, this would never see the light of day. Like, J- yeah. Jenny would be very, much more proactive. So that's why, that's why uh, you know, Jenny's still much better than, than the Ivy yeah, Charlie. Yeah, call Jenny. You know, She's trying. She needs to call her Jenny. Um, Jenny. <laughs> uh, we could cross Forrest Gump reference off the bingo card for this episode. 
<laughs> he was, he's like, I have, I'm so pissed that Jenny's not on the show anymore. I can't make that joke. And we toss it right up to him and he slammed it down. <laughs> so <Just> Lob City. <laughs> so, so Ivy leaves. Nate comes in and asks what's wrong. And Diana says she needs better stories. And Ivy is the only one who cares enough about her career to get them. And Nate tries to argue this, but Diana's like, listen, if you want to make it, you have to do whatever it takes. And she begs Nate to give her anything, perhaps on Blair Waldorf. Like... Is this what Diana's plan was the whole time? Is this why Nate was her mark? Because she wanted to fuck him and hire him so she could get the tea on his friends? Yes. I guess so. I, I, was, I was trying to think back to the end of season four, too, and understand, like, why him specifically? Why did she need him besides for her his genitalia? She needs the tea on Blair Waldorf. She needs it. I guess. I, I, I guess they are the most interesting people in this universe, so yes. he's the easiest yeah. way in. And Nate thinks that Blair celebrating Yom Kippur is not newsworthy, but Diana thinks that uh, people going 24 hours without eating and being cooped up in an apartment means that secrets are bound to come out. So I guess Nate's just supposed to invite himself to Yom Kippur now and then, like, get Diana an invite, too, and then uh, they're immediately going to find out all their secrets. Like That part, I mean, I feel we'll get like, there, obviously, but, like, it's insane to, like, hey, uh, I know I wasn't really invited, but can I come? Can I bring my boss to, to Yom Kippur? My boss too? And, like, and if, also, I've invited my boss to, like, Nicole's family's Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I mean, I'm going. <laughs> You're not my boss. But also, you work beneath say me. this strange boss lady shows up <laughs> to your Yom Kippur, and then all of a sudden, the newspaper that she's the editor of the next day is publishing all of your family's mm. secrets. Aren't they going to put two and two together <laughs> and be like, what the fuck happened here? <laughs> and at that point, is she just going to be like, gotcha, Waldorfs? <laughs> Like, you can't hide. <laughs> and then she still wants to come so, next year for Yom Kippur. <laughs> and, then, and then Nate asks Diana if she's even Jewish, and she's like, I am today. This is nonsense. This is, so, <laughs> it is again, nonsense. <laughs> once again, we are clearly in the Gossip Girl era where no one is allowed to say no to the writers. Any insane idea that the writers come up with has to be included as part of the show. It's the only way any of this makes sense. Like, the writers are just like, what about this? And everyone's like, let's do it. You came up with it, so we can't say yeah. no. Put it in the show. And correct me if I'm wrong. Like, it, couldn't your friends just invite you to Yom Kippur? You don't have to be Jewish to like sit down with them, and I guess unless they're super religious. Like, why did why did they have to even include that about her? Like, I think if you get invited, it's okay. But if your boss comes with you, she, <laughs> she has, has to be, to be Jewish. Jewish. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fair rule. Yeah. Um. Dan is getting ready for his interview. He's psyching himself out a little bit. He's he's trying to pretend like this isn't a huge deal so that he doesn't get extremely nervous, and. Alessandro reminds Dan that a book needs good press no matter how glowing the reviews are, so this is kind of important. And uh, again, he doesn't appreciate having the pressure put on him, uh, especially since he's already nervous and prone to rambling and uh, uh, going on live television for the first time. So uh, this is the perfect platform for Dan to position his book as next year's best picture. So he's going to mention Harvey's interest, uh, and people in Hollywood are sheep. So if someone they respect wants the book, they all will. And, you know, we all know how everyone loves and respects uh, Harvey Weinstein, even Mm -hmm. today. And I... Mm -hmm. I I don't talk, I, I don't, not talk, I don't watch much talk show television, but this seems unorthodox. Like, th- does the author of a hit book usually go on a talk show and try to convince people to make their book into right, a movie? Right, doing a sales pitch, like, essentially? <laughs> yeah, and then be like, it'll win Best Picture, who wants it, who wants it? Like, this seems crazy. Yeah, no, Harvey that, wants it, who else wants it? That all seems like something happens be behind picture, closed baby. doors. Like, that's, this is, why, right, why does, why does like, a regular a talk TV show. talk show host audience need to know anything about it? Like, I think the people that are in charge will find out through other channels. Yeah, not TV channels. Accurate. Like, far be I mean, it would have worked well if it wasn't for Serena. Of course. Uh, this whole thing would have worked. I was like, I, I would like to say Everything. about Dan's uh, quirk, b- 
being that when he's nervous, he talks too much. That's actually like a, a perfect <laughs> nervous tick to have when you're going on a talk show. It's, it's in the name. When you're a talk show, yeah, yeah that's, he makes probably makes for a great talk show. Guest. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, Anna wants to call Serena. So, ironically, he's like, I don't want it to seem like I was stringing her along at breakfast, even though Serena was the one strimming, stringing mm. him along. And Dan really coming across as a decent Ooh. guy here who wants to do right by his friends now, uh, especially after the whole book thing. And uh, Alessandra's like, Serena knows how the business works. You never signed a contract. Uh, and if she's really your friend, she'll be happy for you. And she's not wrong about that. But uh, mm. Dan and Serena's friendship shouldn't depend on the movie rights to his film. And Serena should realize that she's only using him anyway. So it's not like a big betrayal. But uh, we all know how logical and understanding Serena usually is. Yes, just as much as Rufus. <laughs> exactly. Our two favorite characters. Yeah. Uh, Richie says, not ironically. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah, fine. Oh. <laughs> shut him up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Blair's getting interrogated Beatrice wants to know what hospital the baby will be born in uh, she wants to know what school the baby will go to we're really getting ahead of ourselves oh here God, for this yeah. unborn baby um, Blair has already sent a copy of the sonogram along with an application to Constance St. Jude's which is uh, very funny that Constance takes sonograms as applications <laughs> <laughs> next time I apply then, like, anywhere Louis... I'm going to send my sonogram <laughs> honestly really good call <laughs> That way, the first time they see you, they're like, my, you've grown. (laughs) (laughs) And it looked like Louis just like randomly jumping into the conversation, like, but I received an exemplary education. And the the princess is like, okay, well, a New York education might be adequate for a non-royal, but a Grimaldi should be attending school in Switzerland. And a child must be born in the wing of the Monaco hospital. And like, thank God Eleanor is here because she tells the princess that she can't dictate every detail of her grandchild's life. And uh, they're going to start getting into it. But luckily, Cyrus is here to break it up. And I just wanted Eleanor to slap the royals in their faces. Yes, I'm glad she's here to do that. It it is frustrating. Like This baby, you you were just told about this baby hours ago. (laughs) Can you guys relax? Yes. And I feel like Louis knows his family, so he should have talked to them privately beforehand and been like, listen, I know you guys are like super controlling, but me and Blair are going to figure this out ourselves. So butt the fuck out today. But he's like too much of a wimp to ever do that. I I feel bad for Blair in all of this again. She's getting no help. And uh, she excuses herself and Beatrice is like, see what happens when she doesn't get her way. Fuck you, uh, Beatrice. Yeah. Fuck you, Blair. Sorry. No, never. Fuck (laughs) you. No. Uh, Yeah. Even later, like Louis is telling Blair, like, oh, I'm so sorry. I will talk to them. But like. It's like talk to them beforehand. You know who they are. Like, yeah, he does it reluctantly too. Like he's he's never proactive about these things. I guess I get wee oui, wee. Oui, I guess I will talk to my family and then see what I can <laughs> oh, do. That's the French for you. <laughs> that's the French. Exactly. The stereotype of them never yeah. wanting to talk to their royal family. Mm-hmm. So hello. Chuck pays his new psychologist a visit. Uh, she was just on her way out, but Chuck looks like he needs to talk, so she makes time for him. And uh, Chuck decides to lie down on the couch in his full suit as, as if he was the, uh, the the stereotypical therapist's office. Mm. And the therapist asks Chuck why he's here. And Chuck does have an answer. Uh, he, he comes prepared. He's like, let's see, I recently emerged from a period of prolonged numbness. Starting to feel again physically and emotionally has made me realize I need to try new things to prevent a relapse. So um, the therapist already has a ton to work with here, right off mm-hmm. the bat. And she wants to know about the new things. And Chuck uh, tells her, I've had sex on almost every conceivable surface, but never a therapist's couch. And now I think he's losing her. Like, I really wow. thought he was going to take wow. this seriously. But, like, yeah. What other surfaces do we think Chuck has never had sex on? Therapist's couch. Mm. Therapist's couch. He's definitely. I'm looking around my room now. Playing uh, dogs. Definitely, yeah, table full of dogs. Uh, the coffee tables, he definitely have sex table on. Table full of dogs. Um, uh, definitely probably not a dumpster. A I don't think he'd want to. I don't think he'd want to ruin his suit. Maybe against the dumpster, not in a dumpster. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, maybe like Pitcher's Mound. Uh, Pitcher's Mound. Sure, uh, I don't think that's happened. I'm thinking like forklift. Lure bathroom. He's definitely done a lure bathroom. bathroom. And I think, oh god. And I think everywhere else he probably has every other surface. Yeah. Okay. You know, I never, I never got to do it in a lecture hall. I was always excited to try and do that. Never got done. Well, why not? You've actively tried that, Brennan. I was kind of hoping it would just every every day in class. He would. (laughs) He walked in and said, "And said, come on, guys." He's catcalling girls getting to their seats. <laughs> no, I wasn't catcalling. I would just sit next to a different girl every day and just give them eyebrows and hope it would happen. Ever do it in a lecture hall? Me neither. Let's... <laughs> you want to see how long the professor stays in the classroom? Wow, that's and really good. Like, wow, that was crazy. You want to make out? That's a really good pickup line. <laughs> what, you think he's going to run out screaming once he sees the fucking... No, they just hang around until the professor leaves, and then you're like, "All right, now that he's gone." Oh, okay. I thought we were starting the Wanna sex. See how long the professor leaves the classroom? <laughs> <laughs> That's getting me hot and bothered. I don't know you. <laughs> thought you'd never ask. <laughs> Play you like a fiddle. Charlie pays Lily a visit, and uh, she, she Lily confides that she's worried about Rufus, and she needs to figure out a way to reconnect him with Dan. But uh, there's nothing she can do except tell Rufus to stop being a giant baby. So uh, not not much to go on there. And Charlie tells Lily that her, Lily. this is her entire job now. It's just to like take care of Rufus. Like it's her son. Babysit everyone. Yeah. Uh, Charlie tells Lily that her boss is out to get her unless she can get a big story, and she asks Lily for any leads. And Lily's like, "No, I uh, I, I don't have." any leads right now because i've been on house arrest but uh funny you should be here right now as i'm putting uh, away these giant files into this safe that <laughs> i rarely open but with you in the room i am doing that right now yeah, this is one of two big coincidences big coincidences one with her and then one with eleanor later on where yeah, she like I mean, outright I mean, says like what ends up happening <laughs> and uh. like so for some reason, she has to move all the top secret files that Bart had in the family right now. Wait, why why, why are you rid of them? so often touching these top secret files? Yeah. <laughs> and come on, like she just so happens to take these out for like the first time in seasons while Charlie is right in front of her. And like Charlie asks what they are and Lily's like, ah, oh, yes, it's an unfortunate story of my late husband researching our entire family. I meant to deposit it in the safety deposit box, but since uh, Serena and Chuck have both broken into that, it's probably safer in this room as she tells all of this to Charlie, whom she clearly trusts very much. And so what is in these things? Just, just like information about the people that you know in your life? Why, why do you even need to keep this? Just like shred it because you know yeah. all the stuff inside these things. It's just right. you their know real it. age and their real weight. Lily's keeping it in case she ever gets like dementia and she has to like remember who her family is. Yeah, I, I guess so. I just have pictures of them. <laughs> yeah, I just like the, the idea that it's as if she just keeps leaving them around. Like, this happens often, where she's like, oh, shit, there they are. Ah, oh, oh, not the top the secret files again. Yeah, Rufus <laughs> is making waffles, Rufus, and he's just like, oh, what the are top these? secret file in the shower again. <laughs> he's like, whoops. Wiping off, like, whatever water's on it. And like, ah, we, have, we have company coming over. Put our top secret files away. Can you please put the uh, top secret files in the drying rack, honey? And it's so funny that she's, like, moving them as Charlie is like, I really need a scoop for my boss. Do you know anything? Do you have any scoops for me? No, I don't. Just these top secret files that hopefully no one finds. Like, <laughs> it's it's so dumb. And so, and uh, so let's also, to... I want to just quickly stay on this for a second. Yeah, D- yeah. Diane, Diana Payne. Uh, seems like she wanted these files <laughs> specifically because she obviously knew there was something in there she wanted to get rid of. 
but she didn't really do a good job of pushing Ivy to find this. Like, what what made like, Ivy kind of stumbled upon this accidentally? Because she was just honestly, desperate. I thought this was just I thought this was just another coincidence. It might be. It very well could be. Yeah, who knows? Who knows anymore? Dinkly. The writers don't even know. No. Uh, Sam, we're back to uh, Serena's job. Sam is still calling Serena Sabrina, and uh, he tells her to to check out Dan's interview talking about the movie. And uh, Dan's gonna drop his names. Tells the interviewer they haven't made any decisions yet. Uh, you know, I like Dan's talk show persona. He seems vaguely uninterested. Uh, pretty hot. Is is he doing this <laughs> un- intentionally? Um, maybe he's like just a little nervous. When he he's trying to overdo the yeah. not caring thing. It's it works. Maybe does and so while serena is watching blair comes into serena's office and tells her she needs to talk to someone and serena's glad she's here because she wants to complain to her about dan not having her on his radar to produce the movie there's that self-centered self-absorbed I, yeah, sabrina you, again. you finally see that now all of a sudden you, you want to be friendly with blair and you're not going to talk about her baby at all you're just not going to talk nope, about your job just complain about you again and so Blair, before Serena makes everything about her again, Blair desperately tries to get a word in and talk about herself, but Serena cuts her off, uh, of course, to worry about herself. And Blair's like, listen, I really want to hear about your working girl woes, but I feel like hey. I'm starring in Rosemary's Baby. And like, she tells her that Sophie wants to regulate everything about her child's existence um, and ex- insists that Blair moves to Monaco. Like, Blair's like, yeah, my mother-in-law is telling me I have to move to Monaco and like leave my whole life in New York behind. And Serena's response is one for the ages. That sounds horrible. Uh, but can you convince Dan to put his to put his movie with our company? Like she didn't hear a word joke of, of the episode. Said. Didn't hear a word. Amazing, of it. bravo, Serena! You've done it again. Like <laughs> you've Blair done is yourself. dumbfounded. She's like, like Blair's like, yeah, my I have a baby. My uh, uh my uh mother in law is trying to control everything. She wants me to move out of the country to Monaco, and Blair and Serena's like, oh my god, no! You think you could talk to Dan for me and like get the movie rights? Because I'm kind of struggling with something a little more yeah. important than you, Blair. And Serena's been it's a bitch to Blair for weeks, and Blair still comes to her for for help, just because she's like, you know, what, this is my best friend. Maybe if I continue to come to her in, in time of need, that she'll look past all the bullshit that she's doing. Eventually, but and no, no, nope. So, and like, let's also take a step back and realize that the worst thing that can happen to Serena is she gets fired from this job. This job that billionaire Serena Vanderwoodson does not need, and she can easily just get another job anytime she wants. These are fake problems for Serena, and she's still making everything about her instead of her best friend's life that is falling apart. The worst. The worst. She's the worst. That's right. That's, that's why I love yeah. whenever Blair makes one of her, <laughs> her being a working girl. It works every time for me. Yes. Like, I would believe her more if it actually seemed like she was actively trying. <laughs> it just seems like she's faking it. And Nicole said this Jane too. She's like out. slamming she's... her. Yeah, when Jane's like, Jane calls her out later, when she's like, "Yeah, I guess yeah. I really are Sabrina. Anything that doesn't fall into your lap, you can't fucking do." And I was like, yeah. I, at I'm first, I when she's on her, her laptop, she's just slapping. <laughs> <laughs> I defend her a little bit for like her trying because she did all she could really do and like ask Dan. I don't know how much more. I guess she could bother him a little bit more about it, but uh, I, I don't know what else to do about getting these rights specifically no there's nothing else to do just get fired from your job like, right oh but, well so I, I i do like the narrative of her being lazy and just flickering her bean at the laptop <laughs> of course you like that narrative <laughs> so <laughs> um blair tells serena that she should just quit because her boss is a bitch and they should go get lunch uh, that's, that's the best pl- that's a great plan. plan that's a great plan yeah Ordinarily would not be a smart pitch, but uh, Serena should just quit. Anytime she's not enjoying a job or her boss is being a bitch, she has the privilege to just leave because she can. Yeah, and what she's trying she to get fired anyway. What is to be a working girl? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, she's frustrating, but she says, my job is important. 
And you, she tells Blair she has six months to deal with her problem, while Serena only has six minutes. Really simplifying things here, especially since Serena does not have any real problems, and so Blair. Um, and what was Blair? Uh, what Serena was Serena doing until until Blair got there? Just like sitting there, just like like holding a pen. She, she was pulling a Louie. Yes. She really was. And so Serena storms out without even helping Blair. She's a terrible friend. But no, no, nothing new there. Nothing new. So Blair is on the phone. Uh, this conversation with her loser friend Serena has actually pushed her in the direction to want to move to Monaco now. Which, I guess why not at this point? Serena sucks. She's fighting with Dan. She should probably get away from her ex Chuck anyway. Right. So like, what's keeping her? Fuck you, Serena. Look what you've done. Blair's off the show now. Great job. Flip flop. <laughs> Way to go. <laughs> Yeah. Flip-flop. I mean, she's not going to go anywhere, yeah. but we'll see. Well, she flip-flopped her, her thought process. She was anti-Monaco, now she's for it. And, it, it, even, and Louis like, sees her like, are you sure? It doesn't seem like you want to go. And then she's like, I'm sure. He knows Blair well enough to know that she doesn't mm-hmm. want to leave, and is too much of a big baby to speak up for her. Do anything? But, yeah. So, yeah, Blair tells Louis that he is her family now. She wants, uh, she wants to be his. So tell your mother she's going to be a Grimaldi and she's ready to live like one. And, like, maybe she shouldn't have been quite this impulsive because I feel like once you say this to Princess Sophie, there's uh, it's going to be hard to come back from it. Yeah, I mean, there there are eventually documents <laughs> written up about it. Exactly, documents. Uh, oh, papers. Nate has, <laughs> Nate has, like, 50 windows open and they're all Gossip Girl at, at the Spectator. <laughs> I don't know why. That does. infuriated me. <laughs> I was hung up on that. He's just literally exiting out of one, and then another one pops up (laughs) and moves it over, and then you see, like, three more. (laughs) It's like Gossip Girl Rickrolled him. Like, he can't exit out of Gossip Girl. Well, see, this is what... Louis has to take notes from Nate. This is what you should be doing if you don't have anything to do. Just pretend (laughs) to be busy. Yeah, because at least for him, it's like, isn't it his competitor? So he could just say, oh, I'm studying the competitor. Exactly. It's it's actually smart by Nate. Yeah. Uh, it's Chuck also just by. really funny. <laughs> yeah, Stupid. Uh, Chuck stops by to get Nate's help. He's trying to bang an older woman, and she's resisting, which is uh, driving Chuck crazy, which is ironic because she's a shrink. And he tells Nate that Nate speaks old lady, so he needs to know what the play is. It, it's now, so okay, funny that Chuck was one, like, "How much older is this lady?" Because <laughs> I know I know we think young people are old on this show, but this girl looks like she's maybe thirty. <laughs> she she actually is the youngest uh, the youngest grandmother on the Upper East Side. <laughs> we found her. It's it's so funny that Chuck was like, "I want to bang an older woman. Let me go to Nate for help." Because old ladies are always throwing themselves at him. He's in the midst of one now. So, so. and then Nate tells Chuck the same rules apply regardless of age. Show the woman you're interested. And uh, Chuck's a little disappointed because he thought that Nate had the MILF rules hardwired, but apparently that only applies in the bedroom. So uh, Nate explains that Diana isn't even happy with him right now because he's not willing to do whatever it takes to succeed in this job, like screw over his friends. And, uh, you know, that's the good guy Nate we know and love. Like, he's still not going to screw over his friends. And Chuck sighs. And be Kennedy. A little, yeah. That, that's that's the Kennedy way, you know. You you don't screw over your friends, and then you get your head blown off. <laughs> yeah. That's what you get. So, Chuck sighs and tells Nate, "If only you could be me for a day, and I could be you, we'd both get what we want." And uh, that's when <laughs> Nate takes out his copy of Freaky Friday on DVD, and they both grab onto it and scream, "I wish I could be you for just one day!" While Diana turns the lights on and off as part of a routine <laughs> yep, light switch yep. check. I really like we're I'm joking, but I, I, I would have really that. thought that we were going down like that gossip girl was now setting up a freaky Friday plot with Chuck and Nate. You know how much I love a freaky Friday. <laughs> and I wish I wish they really would have gone for it no matter how stupid it would have been. Because it would have been, been a better episode it. than what we got. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Chuck and Nate just like swap bodies for no reason. 
Yeah, so, and they, they acknowledge that too. Like, we would do that, but the show's not a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Chuck's the only one uh, actually giving his friends advice this episode. So he tells Nate to tag along with Charlie today and see what she's doing. Uh, he said even JFK Jr. had to walk in a few sets of footprints before he found his own path. Did Nate send out like a text to like in, in the group chat saying like, guys, I want to be a Kennedy now. And so everyone's just like giving him JFK related. Uh, <laughs> related I don't know. It's tips. just one of those things where like the writers find one thing and they just run with it for the entire episode. Yes. And, uh, Chuck is going to take an interest in what matters to Dr. Barnes, and he says, Shalom. So, uh, yeah, we, we also found out that his therapist is Jewish. Yes, that was an interesting twist. And so, yeah. Weird, know, like... weird moment to mention it. And so, <laughs> yeah, because Chuck's plan is he's going to find out what temple she goes to and watch her go to temple for Yomko. Like, what is his plan? <laughs> yeah. I don't think he thought this through. So, Psycho. Blair, yeah, I'm, uh, so I'm, I'm all in for like inclusivity and diversity in in media and stuff, <laughs> but I, I feel like you didn't need to put someone in this role that looks like maybe the furthest thing from Jewish, and then and then say like, oh, I converted. Like you didn't need to include that at all. <laughs> I didn't know you were Jewish. Just put like any white person there, and it just you, you get to skip a few lines. <laughs> you get to write less. <laughs> I I don't. It's uh, it's it's a very interesting plot. I don't. <laughs> we just we just a strange choice. <laughs> so, Blair returns home, and Louis has not told the family yet uh, the decision because he wants to talk with her first and make sure this is really what she wants. Which, a rare W for Louis here for for doing the right thing. I was expecting him to be thrilled to have an opportunity to please mommy. <laughs> he usually does. Mommy, 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 mommy. Guess what? Guess what? I wants to move to Monaco. Aren't you so happy with me? And so he's a bad boy now. Yeah, I know. The royals enter. Blair takes it upon herself to tell them her decision. And uh, Mommy Princess Sophie is obviously thrilled. But Beatrice lo still looks troubled. Uh, I, I don't know. It's hard to tell exactly what Beatrice yeah, I don't know what she wants. I thought you were she's, she's getting it. <laughs> she's looking troubled at, at times when we think she'd be happy. She's, like, smiling at times when you think she'd be upset. It's like, what is her motive here? I guess she doesn't have everything yet because we, we know that she eventually just wants custody of the child for some reason. Uh, so and she knows she's not her work is not done yet. And where is the priest that she's been fucking? He's gone. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. I, I, <laughs> oh, yeah. I totally forgot about that uh, limo ride. <laughs> well, here's something that I know you didn't forget about. Lily's back in her sexy uh -oh. glasses. Oh, Much to Brendan's delight. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's not so much that those are the sexy glasses. I think just any glasses she wears turn into sexy oh, of glasses. Um, yeah. I'll, yes, I'll, by, I'll do the glasses definition. ranking of of colors and stuff. Okay. But those, those are very when we, good. When we too. get her cameo, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure she's wearing glasses. Yes. Uh, she and Rufus are about to get Chinese for the fifth night out of seven. Uh, Rufus doesn't see the mind. What happened to Rufus making dinner? Like he specifically <laughs> said he was going to make dinner, and now he was tired of waffles. <laughs> and so, hey Charlie, um, I I know I was going to make you dinner, but I'm just too sad. I got to order more Chinese. <laughs> I just want more Chinese food. <laughs> Uh, Charlie tries to help her new parents by telling them that if they go to the Waldorfs, they won't be having Chinese yet again. And uh, again, I thought Rufus loves to cook. He should be making chili. He's not. But uh, Charlie basically tells them that if they if they see an actual relationship, then maybe they can fix their like boring ass one. So Lily and Rufus agree that uh, comfort food sounds good, and they run upstairs to get ready. And that's when Charlie texts Nate to come to the VDWs. It's this is, it's is so I will say. Oh God. I will say, uh -huh. they're still winning. They didn't fight back. They went, you know what? That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Now they're okay. excited to go to a <laughs> Yeah. Wow, he's a winner. Still killing it. I was just going to say the opposite he's and say it's insane that this young girl, now their new fake daughter, 
is giving Rufus advice on how to <laughs> save his relationship and his life. <laughs> yeah, some would say that's pathetic, but Richie <laughs> says uh, that's a that's a win. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> Rufus, you, is your new statement that Rufus doesn't know anything? Oh yeah, Rufus doesn't know anything. He's just living life. <laughs> so you, He's you, got ad, a... you admire his his blank mind. Yeah, I admire his naivete. His mind is wiped clean every day. He's got 50 first dates disease. <laughs> like, he's the kind of person you worry that if he blinks, everything's gone. Right, yes. <laughs> I, I feel like maybe Louis is that type of person, and that's why he never blinks. And, and that's probably why they're always just staring ahead. They don't want to lose what what they've learned in yeah. that day. He doesn't want to forget. There's something about, about Rufus in this blink. episode that really makes me feel like we missed an episode where he got like hit by a car and has a brain injury now or something. <laughs> he really is he's acting he does so seem to be weird in his, his brain I think injury the thing era. is the writers want you to allude to it on your own like, <laughs> yeah, we yeah. don't have the budget they, for it because it would require CGI and like 50 cars 50 they cars want a big pile up yeah they want like a big pile up and they're like we just a can't people, do it so we're gonna imply it right a lot of people when uh, in TV they say show don't tell uh, this show doesn't show doesn't tell they just leave <laughs> us to have our imagination <laughs> create, how about you create just, your own story and, create your own background for Rufus this week <laughs> blank slate you, you decide what happened to Rufus over the course of last week I think everyone would land on 50 cars hit Rufus <laughs> I think it's where they would all end up <laughs> yeah. there's no other explanation for this Rufus <laughs> one after another <laughs> Yeah, and all he's left with is just a blank stare. <laughs> Otherwise a, unscathed. No, <laughs> and a vague longing for Chinese food. That's a sign. <laughs> the man loves MSG. Um, so, <laughs> Eleanor asks, uh, <laughs> this is so funny. Diana shows up to Yom Kippur, and Eleanor's like, I'm Eleanor Waldorf. Who are you? <laughs> it's a great question. Beatrice introduces her as Diana Payne, and Diana explains that Nate called ahead for her, and now Eleanor's like, ah, yes, of course, Nate's boss. Should we make that a shirt, by the way? Warns her that... What? Should we make that a shirt that says, I'm, I'm Eleanor Waldorf, who, who, who are you? That's good, yeah. <laughs> I like it that uh, it's, like, the... I'm try... it's like, I know who I am. I don't know who you are. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I know me. What about you? <laughs> a lot of ways you could say it, yes. So... Um, Eleanor tries warning uh, Diana that now is not the best time to get a story about her daughter but Beatrice is like no this might be the only chance because Blair's going to move to Monaco and Eleanor is like uh, no because Waldorf women are not afraid to break the rules so we're not doing just what you want and Beatrice again does not seem happy about this hmm. she's just like is scowling she's like the opposite of Louis where yes. Louis looks has nothing but she's always just giving like a good, good scowl like oh my plan's not going my way oh yeah uh, Serena's back at work. Apparently, Dan and his boy Harvey are close to a deal, so Re- Serena's about to lose the project. And producer Jane blames this completely on Serena and says that it, if uh, F. Scott Fitz Jackass must have been right about nice. her, if something doesn't fall directly into her, yeah, pretty good, uh, then she doesn't have a clue how to work for it. Which, okay, true. But again, since when does Jane feel about Serena this way? Also, Serena just fucking quit. Like, not, none of. Yeah, you're just being shit talked every day. <laughs> nothing anyone does makes sense. No, it doesn't. I, I don't know. Somehow Serena being proactive and almost getting this crazy deal that she wasn't expected to really bit her in the ass. We went from such a, a strong episode last week where at the very least we were interested to now this we're just like at a loss of everything. I, I, and it's, it's weird because they like last episode that we liked set up all of this. <laughs> so I know. And this is how they follow through with it. Like it's crazy. Yeah. How is this? Like they clearly switched writers again and the, the new writers just bungled this. 
They totally bungled it. Uh, they Alessandra bungled and, bad. Yeah, they they bungled bad. It's <laughs> another idea for a shirt. I bungled my bad. version of Breaking with, Bad. Yeah, bungled bungling bad. bad with a picture with a picture of <laughs> Walter. Walter White. A picture of Brian Cranston as as his uh, role in uh, Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's gonna be my Canadian version, but it's still a Gossip Girl shirt. It says Gossip Girl on the, on the bed. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. we reuse. <laughs> Alessandra and Dan are on the sidewalk. Uh, Harvey Weinstein read the book himself and wants to fast track the project for next year. I, I wish this show picked literally anyone else as the big producer of interest in this episode. Uh, he's like one of the only Woody big Allen. I feel like I know. Oh yeah, that's another good one. <laughs> yeah, they, I think they've definitely mentioned Woody Allen's interested too. Oh, uh, Roman uh, Polanski. They've mentioned him as well. Tyler Perry. Also, they, why? they skipped that one, actually. Did you say Tyler uh, Perry? Throw that one. Yeah, throw that one in. What are you insinuating about Tyler Perry? Nothing. He's got a great okay. pr- production company. I know somebody that works for him. Okay. <laughs> why does it never come up where Dan is like, oh, and how's Willa doing? Remember when I, like, oh, maybe I can talk to Harvey about, about his daughter that I dated. No, doesn't, no, no. I don't think anyone remembers that happened, especially no. not Brendan. Especially not me. Um, Alessandra's already seeing Oscars on the horizon, uh, but she gets a phone call and hears that Harvey is pulling out because Deadline is reporting that Dan gave the option to Jane Bettinger. And I guess that's one way for Serena to get what she wants. But also, if uh, like, how does this make him pull out? Wouldn't this just made him like want it more, like push harder for it? But I, I guess no. I don't. If I, I, I was that Dan the already thing. gave the option to like. I, I guess, I but the point is, is that again, Serena's just a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> I guess is what we're really supposed right, to exactly, get from this. Yeah. Okay, all right, what do I do? What do I do? All right, why don't I just tell the press that, that Dan gave us the rights? <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, why don't Diana's you just tell me? <laughs> <laughs> Diana's getting the scoop from Beatrice. I, I guess she. I guess she's a reporter after all, so she asks Beatrice why she gets the sense that she doesn't actually want Blair and Louis and Monaco, and Beatrice explains that Louis has always been the favorite, uh, even though he doesn't care about the family or the title like she does, and she thought that marrying Blair would mean permanent exile to New York, which, I guess, she wanted Louis to get exiled to New York so that Beatrice could be the one that rules in Uh, Monaco. I guess that's what's happening here. Uh, So that's why she was upset that Blair was like, we're moving to Monaco, and Diana loves what she's hearing and tells Beatrice that perhaps she can get her what she wants, and in return, the inside story of a royal feud. Uh, okay, cool. Beatrice and Diana are joining forces, and we're supposed to care about this? I, I couldn't believe they're trying to <laughs> give this to us and be like, isn't this fun? Like, oh, no, what are, it's not. The crossover event of the century, Beatrice and Diana. Like two people that can't remember their names. Awesome. Very excited to follow this. Awesome. This is where so we're going I... with this. I know that Richie was getting uh, pumped. First Gossip oh, Girl episode yeah. he's watched in years. So... I was like, hell yeah. (laughs) Avengers assemble. (laughs) Hell yeah. Let's do another lap on the LIRR, please. Uh, Rufus and Lily show up to the party. Apparently, Eleanor is still calling Lily by the name Lily Bass, and Rufus is like, all right, one more time. If she calls you Lily Bass one more time, I'm uh, going to be upset about it. (laughs) And Lily is going to give Rufus her blessing to go full Sean Penn if need be, which I'm not exactly sure what that even means, but I'm worried about what going full full Sean Penn means. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to see that. Not very good. I imagine it just involves Rufus in a cape. He's going to um, make more waffles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Rufus in a cape making waffles does does check out. <laughs> so, <laughs> ditch the zero, get with the hero, Rufus, yeah. of course. And so 
Eleanor wants to know why Cyrus hasn't blown the show for yet, and uh, he tells her that apparently Sophie had legal documents made up regarding the upbringing of their future grandchild, and uh, Blair's supposed to sign them before Sophie returns to Monaco. Uh, Eleanor doesn't believe it, but Blair's like, let's not squibble over paperwork. I've got two lawyers for dad, so I, I know the need for documents, and uh, she's ready to sign them. Like, she has a lawyer stepfather in the room with her, and she's like, let me sign these without reading them. It's fine. Right. And Cyrus's like, okay, well, let, let's go over it first. Uh, some of these are pretty egregious. He's like, anytime time you take the child out of Monaco for six hours, you have to alert palace security. And uh, Cyrus thinks it's over the top, but Blair uh, doesn't think it is for a royal heir. And it, it also says, Blair, you can't go to New York for more than 48 hours at a time. And if you break any of these rules, you face the possibility of losing custody of your child to the royal family. <laughs> and like, insane. Now, now Cyrus fully yep. has uh, Blair's attention. And thank God she does have Cyrus, the lawyer, as her stepdad. Because, again, she was ready to just sign over the papers with this. And now she's shocked. And also Louis is like, this is outrageous. Now he thinks it's outrageous. It's insane that they even have these documents written up. In the, no matter what they say, it's insane that they have documents written up. And all it took for the lawyer to do was just to read it. He didn't do anything, anything lawyery. He just read yeah. the paper. As a lawyer, oh. let me teach you how to read. <laughs> and it's like, wait, can I stop by your reading? not important. Who said that? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All they do is read the thing back. Yeah, if you ever do, if anyone viral moment on this, anyone this needs, needs a controversy lawyer, controversy here. Just call me up. I'll read it to you. <laughs> lawyers are lawyers are yeah. just glorified <laughs> readers anyway. That's right. If you've read a book, you've been a lawyer. That's Serena's basically a lawyer. Exactly, she's read a book. Harvey Holy Weinstein, shit. lawyer. lawyer. He read a book. So Charlie is trying to break into Lily's safe and Nate comes in and is like, what's going on? And instead of being like, you know, upset about this, Charlie's like, you know, uh, like he, they should be saying, this is my close friend's family safe. Let's not do this. But instead he, he's like, I might have a way to open it. Like has Nate really turned around on his moral code so quickly that he's willing to do this to the Vanderwoodsons? Lip flop. Flip-flop. <laughs> Richie's right. This is the theme the of the theme episode. The theme of the episode. It's the flip-flop Dude, I told episode. you. <laughs> I didn't believe you, but here we are. We thought he was crazy when he came on the podcast and just started going, flip-flop, flip-flop. But if I could be right about one thing. It's flip-flop. Let it be this. So, it, no, it is, it is crazy, though. Like, what, what, are, what is motivating Nate here? I guess just because he doesn't have any purpose at all. So he's like, uh, I mean, I could sell out my friends, and then that would give me some sort of purpose, I guess, because I'll have like a, a job that I sort of care about, and this lady I like to fuck would maybe right, think I'm cool. Right, because Nate's boss fuck buddy was like, I'm so disappointed in you. Charlie's a much better employee That's than you. That's all He's like, oh, no, what's, what's Charlie doing? I'll do what Charlie does. And so Nate sends a quick text to Chuck that he needs help uh, crossing a line, because remember, Chuck was like, do you want to be a Kennedy? You better cross some lines. And he asks for the combination to the safe at the Vanderwoodsons. And then Chuck also shouldn't answer this, because A, it's like his family. Also, B, Lily means a lot to him. But uh, now he's just like, it's my mother birth mother's birthday, 8769. And like, so he's just giving information over to them. And Chuck's also currently busy crossing some lines of his own and, like, stalking his therapist, just watching her exit the temple. Yeah, I, I don't understand any of Chuck's motivation either. This makes no sense. What is sense. his endgame? Why is he helping Nate do this? And why is he stalking his therapist? It, this, Chuck's plot especially, seems just like not fan even, fiction that was not just even his therapist. not thought through at all. So let's just re quickly recap Chuck's story so far, because it's not much of a story. He meets a therapist. He like flirts with her a little, but like actually that, that, seems that like he isn't wants to get flirt. Help. He says he wants his dog to finish fucking her dog. <laughs> yeah. And that's flirting. That's flirting. It's flirting. <laughs> then, Let him finish. And then he goes to the therapy session, 
like unloads like his trauma on her, but then quickly tries to fuck his therapist instead. And then she turns him down and is like, you're clearly not so serious about this. And so Chuck finds out she's Jewish and then tries to stalk her and find out what temple she goes to. Why? What's happening? What is this? I I was very I confused. Quit. I thought I was missing something, but that's just where we are now. I just don't quit. He just don't quit. Determined, but his I get he wants to fuck her, but he wants to fuck a therapist on the on the therapist couch because it's the only surface he hasn't fucked on. Well, he's just he he's that character that has the freedom to be as creepy as he could possibly be written. I guess that's true. But by the end of it, too, everyone's like, "Ah, Chuck." But that's what they do. At the end of it, he's like, "Oh, but I do really need help." Why her? What, is, yeah, what do you need like her? Swiper. Exactly. Find a new therapist at this point. You've already crossed some lines with this therapist. So uh, Dan drops by Serena's office. Jane greets him, very excited to see him. And he asks for Serena. But uh, Jane is too busy t- telling Dan what a huge fan of his book she is and how great of a movie it will make. You know, the Gatsby for the social media age. And uh, Dan does not seem impressed. He's, his talk show persona is still with him. He's like, so she's not around. And uh, he asks Jane to explain to him why she told Nikki Fink that Jane had the option for the movie. And uh, Jane's like, uh, false leaks are for amateurs. Like, I would have never instructed Serena to do that. But Dan actually sticks up for his good friend Serena and is like, I know Serena. I wrote a book about her. And uh, she wouldn't go behind my back unless you made her do good it. Good guy Dan. But then, uh, really look worse and worse the more he talks. <laughs> yes. And then Serena enters a- at that moment and tells Dan, actually, it was my idea. Jane didn't make me do it. Bum, bum, bum. Actually, Dan, I am a piece of shit, just like you thought and just like you wrote about Yep. Proving your point yet again. So, Louie marches downstairs with the legal documents, tells Beatrice that Mother has gone mad and threatened Blair with the loss of her child if she breaks a rule. Uh, Beatrice isn't surprised because of what a tyrant Princess Sophie is. And so Louie marches straight up to Sophie and asks how she could do this. And Sophie's like, it's a simple custody agreement. But Louie's like, that doesn't allow you to take our child from us. And Sophie's confused because she never put in any such clause. Uh, obviously, Beatrice did this, and she blames poor Dominique, whoever that is. Uh, it must have been mistranslated. And then Beatrice like says this with a little smile on her face. It was, I, I thought she was like maybe like going to wink at Sophie, like, we're in on this. But she full-on blames... Hmm. Like, Sophie full-on blames Beatrice and says she must have put it there. And then Beatrice comes clean and is like, yep, it was me. Blair has no respect for Monica or traditions. And then Blair is shocked. And then at this point, Sophie's like, yeah, I was I was against this too. Like, it shouldn't have happened. But seeing how shocked you were, Blair, like, now I'm kind of for it. And you know what? Let's keep the <laughs> Lip flop. in there. Flip flop. Flip flop. Flip flop. Fucking told you. I don't know what else to say besides flip flop. <laughs> and at this point like all the guests are looking at them and watching what's gonna like lily and rufus are watching cyrus is watching and sophie's like yeah these were underhanded and deceitful but blair's reaction made me think that she might be right like what the fuck this is so dumb and she tells blair that she really wanted to embrace the family then she shouldn't have any problem accepting so the clause stays and if blair can't accept and princess sophie doesn't acknowledge the child as hers and she's also like not gonna acknowledge louis as her child anymore either so uh <laughs> This is this, this is very is some dumb. of the dumbest I, I, bullshit I've seen on the show so far, and that is saying something. And Louis tells her that she doesn't have a. That it's not right funny. Anymore, this thing the is like not enjoy. It's not like ah, right. this is crazy. This is chaotic and wacky. What's gonna this happen? Is crazy, but I'm loving it. Just but no. Uh, so as the reigning prince, yeah. it's up to Louis to acknowledge her and not the other way around. So I guess good for Louis for finally standing up for something. And uh, it actually, I, I don't know. Beatrice is still smiling. So who knows what the fuck is going on with her? I guess there's more to do with the priest. Somehow he'll come back into play. <laughs> yeah, somehow. Um, 
Sophie tells Louis that they are done talking. She's appalled that Louis would throw away his royal family for a fiance he shouldn't trust. And, like, why shouldn't he trust her? The, the whole bar mitzvah thing, uh, you know, no one knows about that. So as far as anyone knows, there's no reason Blair shouldn't be trusted. No, but it's very easy for Louis to, to lose trust in Blair. Even though he says, like, I would never oh, we know that. lose trust in you. He will, he'll turn on her. He'll flip-flop on her pretty soon. And then hey. Sophie's big... <laughs> And then Sophie's big thing is that, you know, Blair told Beatrice about the pregnancy and before he she told you, which he knows that Blair was hesitant to tell him about the pregnancy, so this shouldn't even be a surprise to him. Like, and so Louis just says goodbye, and uh, Sophie tells Beatrice that she isn't to be overlooked anymore. So I guess uh, right. Beatrice is the favorite. I, I don't think it's uncommon for someone to be worried to tell their spouse or significant other yeah. about the baby, like especially if it's like a touchy subject or it's like a, they're not married yet, and who knows what what their parents will think. Like. He, and you don't know what what, what his reaction is going to be. You might just wait a little bit to tell him and tell some other people, especially like your your gal pals. I think that's normal. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Ladies. And so. Yeah. Exactly. Ladies get the first scoop. That's the rule. <laughs> and so, like, I guess Scoops Sophie's like. Im- <laughs> that's what Brendan used to say in, in the lecture hall. He'd come in and be like, scoops for the ladies. And he, he'd give <laughs> them all scoops. I'm wearing a wig. He's going to in their breasts. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to smash in the lecture hall. <laughs> yeah. For scoop. <laughs> Once for a scoop. <laughs> Scoops for the ladies. How long do you think before the professor walks out? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy pulled. He did pull. He did. And so I guess uh, Beatrice and Sophie are cool now. And then, like, Diana Payne just looks on, looks at her approvingly. Like, is she in on this too? What the fuck is going on? And, like, listen, there's nothing I want more than to root for three iconic villainesses. But I am not invested in any of these three no. random villains because why am I supposed to care that any of them are here? And Especially what they're doing, none of, it make, none of it makes Yeah, I was going to say, exactly. None of it makes sense. The three of them are just doing random <laughs> shit. Fucking three stooges over here. Just <laughs> give me a reason. Just give me a reason to be on their side, and I'm I, here for them. They're but they doing random do shit, that. and why are they trying to like link them all together too? That makes even less sense. Right. Like I love combining storylines, like we're an episode of Seinfeld, but like, and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's also convoluted and pointless. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Charlie has hit the mother load of all secrets. Uh, even one of these files would not only launch the website, but blow Diana's mind. And now after Nate has like already gotten the code to the safe, opened the safe, pulled the secrets out, only now is his morality coming back into play. He's like, uh, I don't know what I was thinking. Let's put everything back and pretend this never happened. And uh, Charlie doesn't want to lose her job, but Nate tells her they'll find something else. I mean, it is very easy for Nate to find work. Like He has two other mm. offers just waiting for him. Yeah. And Charlie tries to convince Nate, but Nate's like, these are my friends, but it's your family, and you're acting like you don't even know them, which got her there uh, this this goes against everything that charlie wants she wants this fake family and she's already going against them which you know can't completely blame her because her secret is at stake here but uh it seemingly wakes charlie up she tells nate he's completely right she'll put everything back and uh, nate understands what it's like to have pressure to make a name for yourself but he assures her that everything will fall into place for them and then uh nate leaves but doesn't make sure that charlie <laughs> yeah. does put the secrets back he trusts he's her like, very he's- all right you all right, yeah. I'm glad you changed your mind. You lock up here. You put away all the secrets. I'll just, I'll just be out of your way. You're right. The person who brought him here and needed the help, like, oh, yeah. You know, glad he, we're on the same page now. That's gullible, good guy, Nate, for you. He's like, oh, I'm, I'm as influential as a Kennedy. I stopped a, a thief. Looks <laughs> like I don't just even know what my words. <laughs> I don't even know what the secrets were anyway. I need a lawyer to come and read them to me because uh, I don't know how to read any of them. <laughs> yeah. Or if you get Brendan, he's cheaper. <laughs> that is fa- famously Brendan is cheaper than a lawyer. Yep. Free. I do for the laughs. Chuck is 
Chuck is still stalking his therapist, and he's like, I donated $100,000 to find out what temple you'd be at, so the least you can do is give me a minute of your time. Oh, thank Why you. Why should that make her more <laughs> Very to, kind yeah, of you. you a favor? Why should that make her more likely you to give her to time? You paid to stalk me? Oh, what a, what a kind act. Oh, what a hero. And Dr. Barnes tells Chuck that he could have had 50 minutes of her time, but he wasted them and instead is spending his time stalking her around the city. And so... At this point, Dr. Barnes takes a minute to assess Chuck. You never had a childhood, and so you behave like a child in the worst ways. You pay for intimacy, so you're always in control and no one can get close to you. Your superficial connections and lack of authentic emotion leave you isolated and alone. Not just tonight, always. I wish you all the best, but you're going to need more than that to live a happy and normal life. Uh, she really, much like uh, Lily has with Rufus, she really has Chuck pegged. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. for last. And uh, Chuck, Chuck has no Chuck has no response for this. He is left in well, Why is this like, woman so special to him? Why does he need her approval of all people? I guess because she she denied him sex. I guess now he's really upset. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, what the hell? I I uh, paid a hundred thousand dollars. Must have some kind her. of superpower. <laughs> first, I, I fucked her dog first. <laughs> then I paid her a bunch I, of money. I had the I had the great pickup line that I want our dogs to have sex with each other. I went to therapy and and held her up at her office just to tell her that I wanted to have sex with her. Check. Then I told her that I paid a hundred thousand dollars to stalk her at her uh, place of worship. Check, check, check. She should be telling me thank you, but instead, she's being a dick to me. It's what a, the fuck? I don't. I, you know what? Now I don't really get it either. It's a mystery. It really is. Uh, Dan is still sitting in Serena's office, and. Uh, how much time has passed because it is nighttime now? And uh, Serena says she followed Jane back to her town car, apologizing, but it didn't matter. And she thanks Dan for waiting. And Dan's like, I didn't want to, but, uh, you know, you scared everyone away, and now no one wants the book, which cannot be true. This could not have gone from Oscar buzz already, best picture nomination, to uh, no one wants the book now. Right. All, it's not like all of a sudden the book's horrible. I, I guess maybe like the demand died Sorry. down for now, um, but it's, it'll come back. Right. Are we sure? Uh, I guess not. I guess yeah, you're right. I guess we'll have to watch yeah, and find wow. out. You guys, you guys caved rather quickly. <laughs> you didn't have to ask when much. you're right, you're right. <laughs> and like, so, mm, yeah. It's like, was your little apology this morning like even real or just strategic? And Serena admits that it was strategic. And so Serena has finally gotten around to finishing the book, as she tells Dan. And uh, Dan finally hammers home like that the character is not her. He's like, yes, there are parts of you and Daisy Buchanan and Amy March and Gwyneth Paltrow, five of Gwyneth Paltrow's roles, roles actually. I I didn't know that Dan was such a Gwyneth guy for inspiration. I guess so, yeah. Did, said, does Gwyneth the book, is does the book end with Serena's head in the box? <laughs> What's in the box? <laughs> another another premonition that Serena's head is going to end up in the box. <laughs> in the box. Which is uh, weird because Dan's the one that, I mean, Nate is the one that's getting his head blown off. Right. Oh, wow. Very interesting. So, no, yeah, it's it's annoying. Like Dan has been doing this to every one of his friends and family for the past two episodes now, and no one seems to get it still, except for again for Lily. Who do you think uh, loses their head first, Nate or uh, Serena? Hmm, it's a good question. I want to say Nate, but who who's the one that cut off Serena's head? Uh, I guess, I, I guess Dan, the easy answer is probably oh, Dan. <laughs> yeah, Dan's Kevin Spacey. Yeah, well, I listen from one from one disgrace pervert to another. Yeah. If you oh, wanted a Harvey Weinstein reference, we got it. If you wanted a Kevin Spacey reference, we yeah, got, got it. it. You want David yeah. O. Russell to come back? We got it, baby. We mentioned Woody Allen. We got it. Tyler Perry. You we got, got it. it. <laughs> Don't forget Roman Polanski. Oh, we got it. <laughs> Never could. Thank you. Thank you, Richie. Uh, Richie, <laughs> you want to predict as well whose head gets chopped off first? 
Whose head gets chopped off first out of everybody's? Oh, you have other people in the ring? (laughs) (laughs) Serena and Nate. Yeah, give the order, which (laughs) from first to last. Because obviously this show ends with everyone having their head chopped off. Spoilers. I mean, mean, it would have to be Serena. Yeah, I agree. Serena. Does it happen by accident, though? Like, she just falls into a guillotine? Like, oh, whoops. No, I think she was caught rather easy, and she doesn't put up much of a fight. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> no, yeah, Dan, Dan says, Serena, could you help me with this guillotine? And she goes, Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, well, she like falls in and accidentally trips right. the wire and everything. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, like <laughs> Dan explains to Serena that this is a novel inspired by a lot of things, uh, not speaking some deeper truth. And like all of this would sound a lot better if only he didn't name the character Sabrina, as we were saying last week. Right. But uh, Serena asks if he's sure because he was the love of her life and she just thought that she was his too. What on earth does that what? have to do with anything? Did did she just want his first novel to be a love letter to her? I mean, I guess that is that's literally every wanted. other thing he's ever written. So I guess that's why she thought it yeah, would well, be that way. Yeah, well, last like, week episode, she was, that's what she was saying. Like, well, I know he painted me in a good light because he wants to fuck wait me really badly. End. So just wait until uh, <laughs> he confesses his love for me a third time in the book. Yeah, so I guess more on that later. Uh, the Spectator Online lives. That's a crazy thing to drop on a person. Like, the, the two of them haven't been together in a long time. And between like last time she like loved him out loud... There's been a lot of stuff really between you... her, him, and Nate, and like that. She has, has she really ever loved him? I, I don't know. I don't know. This is wow. a, a really weird thing to drop everything. Uh, right before you get fired yeah. from your job. I really thought, really thought your first book would be about how much you love me, but I guess since it's not, you know, I, I fucking hate you. Like, okay, <laughs> all right, Sabrina. It's a really, that's a weird <laughs> bit of guilt trip. Someone is saying that they love you. Uh, Diana's got the scoop on the Royals family so uh, Nate and Charlie are off the hook their jobs are safe so is their integrity and Charlie thanks Nate for helping her do nothing and that's uh, pretty much Nate's specialty these days he just does nothing Uh, and Diana gets her new staff to work she wants a constant stream of content 24 hours a day and she tells Charlie to come to her office in 5 minutes Uh, more on that later this is again why it's not worth it for Charlie or Ivy to bring any of this stuff to Diana Payne because you're just going to have to keep feeding the beast. She wants 24 <laughs> hours of content always. So that you bring her these files. At least like, spread it out. Give her like, oh, I found this file today. And give her like one page the next day. Like, oh, I found another yeah, page. Oh, oh, you'll never guess what I found this time. <laughs> I, I found another file. <laughs> I like how convincing your argument. Oh, I, uh, yeah, I found this one. Uh, oh, I, I, I have that dropped one. the rest. I'll like, where do you keep finding... Why do you keep finding individual files? Like, oh, I don't know. That's just... just how they come. So how they, how they're delivered as, to me. As breadcrumbs. <laughs> um, up at the Yom Kippur event, we just hear Cyrus yelling off in the distance, not enough! And uh, <laughs> Eleanor, Eleanor convinc- confesses to Blair that the contract might have been her fault because she was bragging about her to Beatrice. Oh, oh Eleanor, stop taking the blame for this. You're great. Yeah. Uh, another great mom moment for Eleanor. She tells Blair that she's going to make a wonderful mother herself. Like, And she thanks her for saying, uh, or Blair thanks Eleanor for saying that and tells her she knows she didn't want this for Blair yet, but but Eleanor says, these things happen when they happen. The first lesson of being a parent is that children don't do what you want them to do when you want them to do it, but you love them anyway. And as soon as she said this, my immediate thought is, Eleanor should have a chat with Rufus and tell him this rule, and uh, then he wouldn't regret raising his children because Dan wrote a book. But luckily, Rufus actually <laughs> did over here, because remember, everyone is still just watching Eleanor here, and uh, Rufus did actually overhear Eleanor you saying this. And Lily's surprised that Eleanor's a good mother now. She's like, what the fuck? We used to both be shitty. What happened? Yeah, she's with us. She's with the audience. She's like, what? And again, (laughs) and again, nothing negative. They just go, yep. And they just took it as good. They moved forward. Yeah. And and again, at the beginning of the episode, Eleanor didn't want Blair to have a baby. And now, 
Flip flop. Flip She's flop. She's okay with it. Oh, I, I, we finally I, got Gagan in on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting time. for Gagan to give a flip flop, and now we Here got we it. Here we go. <laughs> flip flop, He flip flopped from not a flip flopper uh, to now a flip flopper. Yep. I flip flopped myself. We're getting meta. And so Rufus wow. is at now inspired. It's annoying. That Blair's pregnant still to me. I, I, of course, I don't want anything to happen to the baby. I don't want it to die, but I don't want to and watch then, Blair be a mother. And then I got news for you. It's a fake baby. You can wish death on it. I wish death on this baby. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like I like forced you to say that. It sounds like you were brainwashed. Brandon, you t- I, wish, took a, <laughs> I wish death on this you fake took baby. took a breath. <laughs> he took a breath like he was almost going to say fake baby, but he goes, no, 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 I'm going to fully commit to real baby. <laughs> and like, uh, everyone now appalled that Brendan is wishing death on a poor baby. It's a fake baby. It's a fake baby. Get over You just forgot to it. say that part. I'm just a, a priest at a baptism that gets mind controlled. I wish death on this baby. <laughs> I wish death on this baby. Um, So Blair is a... Blair, well, where were we? Oh, Rufus, Rufus first is inspired to return his son's phone calls and stop ignoring him. Like I a feel like he was child. also very far from this conversation. He was like 20 feet away. Yeah, but he, he's got supersonic hearing. <sighs> That's true. He's like like ear boy in uh, the Amanda show or <laughs> all that, whatever. <laughs> that yeah, ear, him and uh, him and Lily is Halloween when his ear boy and lava go. <laughs> Two different things. Ear boy <laughs> from a sketch <laughs> show and, and just lava girl. <laughs> And then Lily was like, Rufus, I said shark boy. And Rufus was like, I didn't hear you. And then they laugh and eat chili. They laugh and laugh and eat chili. (laughs) I didn't hear you. Uh, Lily finally has back the Rufus that she loves now that he's uh, willing to talk to Dan. And she gives him a nice tender kiss. Too tender for my taste. (laughs) Paws off. Blair is relieved. She said she belongs here with her family, and uh, but she re- and she belongs here with her family that respects her hopes and dreams. And uh, thank God Blair is not moving to Monaco and getting written off the show. Good what thing. a relief! What a relief! And then Serena comes out of the woodwork and tells Blair that she hopes that includes her and has to talk. And of course they can because Blair loves her. What a forgiving friend Blair is. She's so lucky. Seriously, Serena's so lucky she has Blair. They have a heart to heart. It's been a while since we've gotten one of these, and like this they, episode they, desperately they only needs come something after to win me over. Royally, yes, and uh, royally nice. And nice. Serena acknowledges <laughs> that she hasn't been there for her. Uh, she had a work crisis, but the truth is that she was jealous. And Blair tells her, you know, marrying a prince isn't all isn't all that uh, it's cracked up to be. But Serena's like, that's not what I'm jealous about. And man, I thought she was going to profess her love, but and she's like. She goes, I'm jealous that you're the star of Dan's book, which is so much worse. That's really what this was about. <laughs> it's so much worse. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then Blair's just like, oh, Serena, it's fiction. And they hug, and then that's it. Okay. <laughs> it's not real, stupid. Yeah. Oh. It's like my baby's not real. See? It punches her stomach. <laughs> no, in the universe of the show. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> no, see, that's fucked up. You can't say that. <laughs> okay, okay. Blair can't do that. You, as an outside observer, can say that, but not Blair. Gotcha, gotcha. Still, I just need the rules laid out for me. Yes. New rule: Blair can't punch her baby. <laughs> New rule: Don't laugh at that rule. <laughs> <laughs> don't laugh when that rule's mentioned. <laughs> The spectator. 
Vader is getting hit after hit, and Diana gives Charlie back all the files that Charlie did in fact give to her. So uh, she went through with it after all. Did you did you see that coming after after Nate suspiciously left her with all the files? I certainly did uh, see that coming. And, my jaw dropped. Like, <laughs> my dr- agree with my drawers twists. It was a big to me. I chopped up my drawers. <laughs> so I'll be honest. I was going to call this one a flip flop. <laughs> flip flop. <laughs> I get surprised. Charlie, my pants fall down. Charlie was like, you know, I wasn't going to give this to you, uh, Diana, but flip flop. And I was like, <laughs> flip flop. And they did their little. That sounds like something woogity, from woogity. Workaholics. <laughs> <laughs> and so Charlie's like, you're not going to use any of the files, right? And then it's like, no, no, no. Anything of value in them was it was already on Gossip Girl, which is weird because when Nate and uh, Charlie found them, they were like. Not only would this dethrone Gossip Girl, but it would blow Diana's mind. And yeah. then Diana's like, "Not only is my not is my mind not blown, but uh, Gossip Girl has reported on all of this already." <laughs> Which goes back to a point that Nate clearly cannot read, because <laughs> yeah, right. he would have known that. <laughs> That's why Nate had fifty windows open of Gossip Girl. He was like, "Surely I'll be able to read one of these windows." <laughs> Come on, come on. <laughs> it's like not that one closes it out. Damn it! This looks like the other one. <laughs> It's like every time a gospel blast one with comes all the pictures? up, he hopes he's around somebody else that is like reading it aloud. Yeah. Oh, I read that too. It's like maybe if they put it in Comic Sans, I'd be better. <laughs> so she tells Charlie to put them back before anyone notices that they're gone. But we see that Diana has held on to the Bart Bass file and taken something out of it before telling Charlie that she forgot one. Uh, we get that she didn't do that ahead of time. Sheet paper but... and like bold that says Bart Bass drinks Baja Blast. Bart. <laughs> She found no the no recipe. Ever know about this. <laughs> uh, what's going on here? Well, let's come back to haunt uh, Charlie Ivy. And w- what did uh, we find here? We see her putting it in flames later. Yeah, Nicole oh, thinks that this was a picture of her as a young girl. Well, of, let's, of, uh, we'll, Diane we'll touch Bain. on that when we see her burning it, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, first, Serena's going to get a call from Dan. Uh, he asks how they can know who the loves of their lives are until they're old. So I guess this is a weird way uh, to start a conversation. But I guess this is Dan <laughs> saying that he forgives her. He's like, yeah, you know, who knows? Maybe we'll fall in love one day. Who knows? We, we, I don't. I, mean, I guess I like that, tells... that's the point of logic. It's like, you really, I guess you have to reflect back when you're on your deathbed. Like, uh, now that I think about it, that was it. You were the one. <laughs> yeah, he, he's Dan's on his deathbed, and he's like, now that I think about it, you were the love of my life. And Serena just goes, Flip flop. Flip flop. <laughs> and she starts making out Blair. Pulls the plug. <laughs> pulls the plug <laughs> on herself. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> wild card bitches. She's, she's been beheaded. She's sitting there without a head. She pulls the plug on herself. <laughs> and so um, Dan tells Serena that he told Alessandra that he's going to give Serena the book rights, which after all this, Serena gets the book rights incredibly. Wow. And Serena's like, you don't have to do that. Uh, I wasn't trying to guilt you into it, but Dan tells her that well, he owes her because without her, he wouldn't wouldn't have ever been inspired to write anything. And uh, despite the events of that day, he trusts her. Uh, I guess he's not wrong about her inspiring him to write. Yeah. That that's for sure. Somehow Serena got everything uh, well, she wanted. She back- got the book rights, and she got Dan to tell her that all his writing is about her. Literally. Uh, well, let's come back to haunt Dan, giving uh, Serena this this opportunity. Yes, most likely. <laughs> Dan has one condition: he wants to write the screenplay. Oh, so Dan is a filmmaker too now. Uh, a very busy twenty-year-old. He could do it all. He could oh, if it's all. something that uh, words that go on paper. He could do it. Like I feel like um, maybe a an assistant or a co screenwriter or an executive producer. Like yeah, he wrote the book. He can help out. But like this is supposed to win an Oscar. We're just gonna have this nobody like 
never made a film before be the screenwriter of the film? Uh, it's probably not the best idea, yeah. <laughs> so Dan's getting a call from his dad, but he'll talk to Serena soon. And she's like, yeah, in very long development meetings. Uh, is this where you saw Gossip Girl going? Dan and Serena making a movie together? No, not even by like the middle end of this episode. I didn't see it going. I mean, <laughs> I've seen Entourage, so. And this is basically right, so a, what like, more do you need? Upper East Side. This is Entourage, uh, entourage yeah. yeah. We're in the Entourage era. I mean, it's not far uh, off. So Dan answers his dad's calls, but but we don't hear what happens. It's I guess we're just supposed to know that uh, Rufus called him, so all is well again. Rufus is just cursing out Dan, screaming at the top of his lungs. And another thing! Another thing! Flip! Flop! <laughs> <laughs> this would be a better uh, episode. Chuck you present all- it like, yee-haw! <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, Chuck is also making a call. Uh, everything that she said was true. He doesn't need another notch on his belt. He needs help. Uh, good for Chuck for trying to get help. Uh, he knew it last week. He, he knew it last year, and he knows it now. And if he's ready to be serious, uh, or he's ready to be serious if she'll have him. But then, like, I don't know. The therapist answers the phone, and no one's there? Like, did Chuck <laughs> leave her a message or not? I'm a little confused. I, I don't know what, why that needed to happen. I was very confused because he's. I thought he was like leaving her a message, but then like we see her answer the phone. She's like, "Hello," and then no one answers, and then we see Chuck hang out. Like, what? They make it seem like the two of them have had this dramatic back and forth, and she's like, "Should I answer him? I don't know. I miss him so much. (laughs) I miss my soccer so much." Uh, Diana looks at her new evidence. It's a picture of a woman, and she lights it on fire. Uh, who is this woman, and why does Diana care? Uh, Brendan's uh, wife of the pod. Brendan's wife, my wife of the pod. says that this might be a picture of young Diana. Do we think that's true? And then also, still, why does she care? I guess she's Chuck's mom. Ooh, We're Back to the Chuck's salacious. mom thing. Chuck's real mom. Chuck's real mom. Oh. Or she takes off a mask and she's Elizabeth again. <laughs> exactly. I told you I'd get to know you. Um, Louie is staring blankly again at the Gossip Girl site, and... Uh, Blair asks what he what he's doing all alone, and he's like, "I was waiting for you." While uh, while he closes a drawer, and it's, it's almost like a, he was just staring at like a window open of Twitter X, and just like staring at one tweet. Because like, yeah. blasts are really just like sentences long, and he was he was probably done reading it. He was sitting there for quite a while, just like it has a window. Yes, open. <laughs> weird. He's like, and now I will wait for Blair and just sit here. And so Blair apologizes for making him choose between her and his, her mother or his mother. And, uh, you know, Louis tells her that she's his only family now. And so Blair runs to the bathroom and we see that Louis has found the paternity test that Blair never got rid of. even Or, or even, like, kept in a drawer with a lock so that no one could just open it. Uh, Brendan, you knew this would happen. Good job. Yeah, I mean, you don't keep that around Uh-oh. if someone's not going to find it. It's embarrassing. Yes, Richie? Oh, just saying, uh oh. <laughs> oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> thought you like, is that your you, gossip girl? You wet your uh oh. Uh oh. It's frustrating, though. Like, so, 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 I, I assume he opened it, right? Because it, it was still in the state that we saw it when yes. she put it in. But he must have seen the test. <clears throat> I, I believe so. I, I think that was the implication. I, I thought in my head, like, he could have not opened it, but still, you should be mad if you see her taking a paternity test in the first place. I mean, right. It like, like it even if he up. didn't. Right. Even if he didn't open it, just the fact that she was taking a paternity test is enough for him to be like, "Yeah, OB." Right. Um, and, and going back to so makes a... what we said when we found out that she didn't know the, but she that found that we found that she needed a test in the first place. We believe Blair when she told Chuck he was not the father. But now yes. that we're going this direction, I could totally see the writers just throwing that out Changing the window their mind again. and Louis yep. finding out that it's Chuck's baby, 
and he's like now playing this long game and acting cool. You'll, you'll get to it. This is just my. I'm just like running through thoughts, but it's. I'm ready. Yeah. I'm ready. Very ready to be frustrated. Oh yeah, because her her so, acting in that scene Louis, was so convincing. Like she she would have told Chuck if it was his. She I, wanted it to be I, his. I agree with you. you we'll see. You're you're getting ahead of you. Maybe that doesn't even happen. That's we don't know. All right. So, Louis makes a call. Uh, I have a problem. I was hoping you could help me with. I'd like to meet so I could tell you more in person. I'm more than willing to pay for your time. And the person on the other end of the call is. Doctor Therapist Barnes? What <laughs> was was that her? What that was her? What? So that's our cliffhanger, and that's our episode. Yeah, yeah. I think they knew they had a clunker here, so they're like, you know what, Gossip Girl does really well. They give you nonsensical cliffhangers to get you excited and pretend like it was entertaining. Oh yeah, because we're really excited about Doctor Barnes joining forces <laughs> with Louie. What? <laughs> okay. All right. Let's zoom through some segments here as we are uh, nearing the Ligori line. And uh, Comedy Fan Uh-oh. is back. Give the episode an 8 out of 10. Actually. After giving last week's episode a 1 out of 10. Oh, no, maybe that was a different reviewer. But Comedy Fan gives this one an, an 8 out of 10 and says, eight My 10. favorite part of this episode... Oh, yeah. My favorite part of this episode was how Chuck's face started changing when the therapist told him all that she sees of him and what his problems are. It was like a realization in him. Maybe not even that he figured it out, but what he, that, but that he saw that others see it, too. It also looks like maybe he is the father. After all, Louis seems to have found the envelope. That's it. Wow. I, comedy fan has the worst taste. Not even comedy fan. Not even comedy fan. Can get out of is it. Yeah, pretty uh, generous. Very generous. I, yeah. Next week, the episode is titled, I Am Number Nine. You have any predictions based on the episode title? No, that makes no sense. <laughs> uh, Richie, do you have any predictions based on the episode title? You haven't seen anything past this, right? No, of course not. So what's your prediction? Oh, um, I think uh, Serena's going to get beheaded. <laughs> okay. I think that's what we were talking about <laughs> earlier, right? And then yeah. um, Blair will abort the fake baby. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Um, Everything we've talked about is confirmed. <laughs> yeah. Baby. She goes to the doctor and says, don't worry, it's fake. <laughs> don't worry, it's fake. It's you fake. just got to do the thing. And then Daniel Day-Lewis is going to guest star for the next episode. <laughs> yeah, I can't yeah. believe you botched the deal. <laughs> I'll buy Harvey Weinstein going, I knew that could have been a good movie. God, I hope so. <laughs> Harvey Weinstein's going to follow around the therapist next episode. <laughs> Oh my god! Just start jacking Chuck's off like, in bushes. <laughs> Chuck's like, "Are you my real father?" <laughs> that would make sense. <laughs> so, uh, the little preview says that Blair auditions her potential bridesmaids. So I guess she's gonna hold auditions for her bridesmaids. Okay, could be fun. Could be fun. That was Jenny. Right. I wish Jenny was still here for that though. Yeah. Let's do the episode grades. Uh, Brendan, you went first last week. I'll go first this week. I I fear that the pattern of each episode of the season getting a higher grade is coming to an end. Uh, They really set up an interesting premise last episode and then did absolutely nothing this week, which was very disappointing. The main storyline being Blair, always a nice plus, but we have her trapped in this Louis storyline and put her with the most boring family imaginable. Like, two of the members of this royal family are plotting against her, and I'm still bored. We we need to get Blair back with Chuck and Dan and Serena so she can be fun again. I, I, I still don't care about diana and the spectator whatever's going on there but charlie goes against her fake family that she loves so much to keep her job in her secret cool uh the bart thing could be interesting but we have no idea what's going on there yet uh dan's dealing with the fallout from his book but we don't even see anything interesting about that it's just conversations with serena the most annoying character and him getting ignored from rufus the other most annoying character unless you ask richie like (laughs) 
I'm glad Chuck wants hey. to get help now, but <laughs> the therapist storyline comes out of nowhere, and now Louis is calling her, and Diana is somehow part of the royal storyline? Like, I love when storylines intermingle, but none of this is even making any sense, nor is it interesting. I didn't laugh once the entire episode. Like, it wasn't even the fun kind of bad. Uh, the Serena and Blair scene was subpar. Not even Cyrus could save this episode. I gave it a D plus, but I feel like I'm talking myself into giving Oof. going even lower. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm afraid the season five shoe has finally dropped, but hopefully there's some fun ahead. I'm gonna, I'll give it a little lower. I'll say that this episode was a D flat, a, a, a nice. D even. Uh, Brendan, what are you we'll grading the episode? Flat. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you. It's, this is, it was a real tough watch. I was thinking the same thing when I was watching. It was like not genuinely funny, like Gossip Girl can be. I was laughing more at Louis's face when he's looking at <laughs> blank Gossip Girl screens. And like you said, like, you're oh. in trouble when that's your uh, when that's your laugh. <laughs> that's episode. my laugh line is Louis. Uh, it, it was just so much nonsense, and none of it made sense. All the new plot lines were nonsensical, and then they tried to combine those, which made even less sense. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Any, any of the good characters were part of bad plots, and I don't know. The only, only people I liked was, was like Dan and Lily because they were just not bothering me. Uh, but the people that they were interacting with was bothering me. So I it, I'm, <laughs> I'm at a loss for almost everything. Uh, it, it, that's like you said. The other shoe was dropped on the season five curse uh i'm worried that this is going to be the start of things where it's no no longer fun bad even, even it hasn't even been bad to this point this is where it's, new. it went from like start fun and pretty and good to good. just bad bad so uh i think that that like is that's a jarring change for me i'm gonna go all the way down to to d as well d flat d I, brendan i've never heard you so uh so defeated defeated d flat defeated, defeated. Richie, defeated. what grade are you giving the up? Richie's going to come in here and be like, it's an A, baby. Hey, Rufus Flip wins. Flop. They're winning. Um, so actually, I'm going to rate it higher than you guys. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give right. it a C. All right. Okay. My reasoning being, because uh, I do agree, a lot of this episode was just downright insane nonsense. in terms of storyline. Um, a lot of nonsense. Again, going from the episode that I watched previously was the last time I was on this pod. Um, so big change, a lot of catching up to do. But it, uh, I will say the reason I, I rate it higher is I've been watching a lot of 30 Rock recently. Uh, Karen and I have been watching that. And there's something about, uh, you know, any episode of 30 Rock you get into, Jenna Maroney and Tracy Jordan are just doing random insane crap. And I, I get into this episode and somehow... Every character is doing uh, insane crap, like Blair being um, potentially uh, married into this French royal family. <laughs> um, Nate and this, for me, random-ass uh, character who's an actor pretending to be a family member, um, <laughs> uh, breaking into a vault in an episode. Meanwhile, I'm stuck on the fact of where is, like... Dan's younger sister, where's Serena's <laughs> younger brother? Was there a murder-suicide? Uh -huh. Why am I left with this weird <laughs> woman? Which is she a fusion of the two? <laughs> um, so there's that aspect that I have to grasp. I, again, I've never met Cyrus until this episode, so I was really these are all more, more problems with you not having seen previous seasons, by the way. <laughs> yeah, honestly, the less you watch, the better the episodes are. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you get thrown off when you see Elizabeth Hurley, Diana Payne, um, being the heartthrob that she is. Sorry, I had to take a page out of the 
Mr. Cream himself. A page. Um, and also, you know, just uh, an episode where Harvey Weinstein keeps getting mentioned just to go, just to show you how dated it is, not to bring back Entourage, but it gave me that vibe like I was watching Entourage again, like, mm-hmm. ooh, every now and then I just had to make that sound. Um, and it also dealt with movies. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a C because it gave right. me a good chuckle and excitement. And also, you chuckle. know, I... I mean, it would have been a B if I got to see Chuck fuck a dog, but whatever. All right. <laughs> I just figured since I'm watching through HBO, they would have given me a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I guess. Uh, Sorry, Max. To Max. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. To at least answer some <laughs> of your questions, J- Jenny and Eric have been written off the show. Uh, Jenny got banished and went to live uh, once again and went to live with her mom in Hudson. And uh, Eric is off to college. Yeah. Uh, Charlie slash Ivy is, I can confirm, yes, an, an actor pretending to be Serena's cousin. And uh, she is the new main cast member of this show. There you go. All right. I was really hoping you'd confirm the murder-suicide. <laughs> no, no murder-suicide. That would have been interesting. The first of many beheadings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's, do our, let's do our MVPs. Uh, I want to give it to Cyrus just for being here, but Eleanor is a good mom yet again. She she demonstrates how Blair still has the best uh, parental unit of the show. She defends Blair. She tries to talk sense into Blair not having a child when she's 20. Uh, and at the end of the day, she is here for Blair, which is uh, something that isn't even always true of Serena anymore. And uh, she even impresses Lily and inspires Rufus with her good parenting. So I'm, I'm going to give Eleanor the MVP of the episode. Brendan, who is your MVP? Nice. I'm going to give this one to another good mother. It's... Uh... Rufus's mom, Lily. <laughs> She's so great. I mean, how could you? Not? There wasn't a lot of great options, and she continues to understand that Dan's book <laughs> is not directly about all these people and tries to help Rufus cope and like, create a relationship with his with his son again. Uh, and she deals with his addiction to Chinese food. <laughs> it's mm. tough. It's tough it's to tough. deal with, yeah. yeah. Um, all right, good answer. Richie, who is your MVP of the week? Oh, man. Uh, I've been waiting for this question. Um, <laughs> Here it is. So I was really torn. I, I really was. Um, Eleanor feels like the obvious answer for showcasing uh, positive motherly influence in the episode. Um, Diana Payne, um, phenomenal as an antagonist and oh, yeah, just as a, <laughs> as, a, as, a, as an actress. Elizabeth Hurley kills it, but obviously... My choice has to go to Rufus. Oh, oh my God. God. Clear MVP. Clear MVP for being a dad who, again, we see we see uh, distraught, unable to speak to his child. And something that you rarely see of older generations, admitting fault and flip-flopping. Flip-flop! <laughs> uh, at, at the end, willing to talk to his son. And that's a, that's a positive end. For someone who had no real issue but ordering Chinese food for the fifth time in a row, <laughs> uh, ending the episode with uh, communicating with his son again. Um, so big win for Rufus. I think he gets the MVP there. All right. Well, I still Back think you, you're Jim. just, tr- <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you, Jim. I still think you're just trolling us, but uh, you do at least have reasons that I guess make sense if mm. you squint a little bit. Yeah. A lot of squinting. <laughs> um, let's do our LVPs. Um, I was thinking of giving it to the entire royal family, but I haven't given Serena an LVP this season yet. And even though she's been, uh, you know, 
she's been just as unbearable as usual, maybe even more so. So uh, she does make up with Blair and with Dan by the end of the episode, but the road getting there was insufferable. She is exactly who she hates being portrayed as in Dan's book. And so uh, Sabrina slash Serena gets my LVP this week. Nice. Brendan, who's your LVP? Yeah, I thought about giving it to a royal family as well. Like, it, it's hard to just decipher between Beatrice and Sophia. I don't care about either one of them. And I think that's why I'm not going to give it to either one of them because they don't deserve my LVP. They don't wow. deserve the, the good, they don't even the good deserve or bad an press. LVP. Uh, so I think I need to just cancel out Richie's Rufus MVP and give him an LVP. Yeah, okay, good idea. Yeah, I have to do Why it. You've been canceled. He's a big baby. I mean, there's something wrong with the man. I think he's, he's going like, to get that kidney stone or something from all this Chinese food. I don't know what's going to happen to him, but I hope there's an episode where he <laughs> is don't dealing get with too kidney stones. <laughs> no, episode, he's That'll just be an episode and a half. <laughs> Actually, that would be his whole issue for a season. Actually... <laughs> It, uh, the show is six seasons, right? The sixth season, yes. every time it cuts to Rufus, he's just <laughs> struggling to piss. <laughs> and then in the last episode, he's like, I finally did the procedure. Cut to black. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> Credits roll. <laughs> Gossip Girl. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, so, Brendan gave Rufus the LVP. Richie, who was your LVP of the week? Oh, uh, easy for me. Uh, Beatrice. Okay. I thought you were going to uh, say something about. Out. I yeah, him. I was afraid. No, no I, I'm not vindictive like that. Uh, I'm not a petty Get little three. bitch like you are. <laughs> Whoa! Um, but uh, something about Beatrice, like, obviously being a villain in the episode, but you can't even fully commit to it. Like, when the contract situation happened and the mom was like, this wasn't me, she looks at her and she immediately makes a face that would yes. mean, oh, it was me. You can't even commit. <laughs> to be in the bad person. It's fucking embarrassing. And then it's annoying that she still gets her way. She looks at uh, Diana Payne yeah. as if she still wins in the end. And I'm like, you kind of did, like, you barely did anything and you got your way. It's it's really uh, uh, annoying. So, uh, yeah, she definitely LVP. Yeah, she's a bad villain. And find like, out. And I don't mean bad as in, like, a good way. I mean bad as in... She sucks. Yeah. I don't know. We, we knew. You didn't have to say that. <laughs> Thank you. In case there was any listener at home really uh, confused. Um, and they have a lot to be confused about with this episode. Yeah. So that, sure. that does it for our segments, except, of course, for everyone's favorite segment, Lonely Boys Theater. You are now listening to Lonely Boys Theater. And we are going to do a nice quick little scene. Little Charlie is going off to her first day of work, and uh, parents, Lily and Rufus, are going to wish her well. Um, so does everyone have their script in front of them? I sure do. Yes. Um, let's see. I, I guess, let's see. Richie, you seem to love Rufus. Do you want to be Rufus? <laughs> you, you uh, yeah, sure. And Brendan, you seem to love Lily. Do you want to be Lily? I do. And I love Charlie, so I guess I'll be uh, Charlie. That works out so well. I Okay, I really thought Gagan was going to make a switch. Flip-flop! <laughs> Flip-flop! <laughs> That'd be good. But no, thank you for letting me commit to this no, role. I'm a very this is gracious. the role I've been hoping for. All right, so uh, if we all have our scripts in front of us, Lily, let's get us started. Here we go. <clears throat> oh, don't I look great? I mean, don't you look great? Are you excited about your first day of work? I am. Wasn't exactly the job I was looking for, but when it fell into my lap, I couldn't say no. I really don't want to disappoint my boss. Well, I'm sure you won't. I'll make dinner tonight. Raleigh waffles. <laughs> you can hear all about your first day. 
Uh, Rufus, you already have the Chinese food menu in front of your face. I don't believe you for a second that you're, that you're making dinner tonight. Uh, you don't want to go to the breakfast at the Waldorf's? Mm, make waffles. Not really in the mood. <laughs> oh, isn't it ironic? The state lifts my house arrest. <laughs> you lock yourself up. It's like waffles <laughs> on a yum kippur. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, well, wish me luck. See you tonight. Is that Dan again? You know, the only way you're going to get out of this funk is to sit down. I'll sit down on you and listen to what he has to say. Not ready yet. Okay. <laughs> I take it back. I'm not sitting <laughs> around you at all. You tried. You tried, Mom. That's all you can do. Wow. What a scene. What a performance. Great work all around. Everyone portraying their idols on the show. Wow. Um, <laughs> that is going to do it for us, except, of course, for some plugs. But before that, Richie, thank you so much thank for becoming you, Richie, the 17th member of the Two Timers Club. Do you have anything uh, that you'd like to plug at this hour? Uh, the Long Island Railroad. All of course. Right. Get your tickets today, baby. Love it. Yeah, before it sells out. I'm a big uh, proponent of uh, like doing the doing the ten trip, save a little money. Mm, I get them monthly. Uh, that saves even more money if you're gonna you be go. using that train a lot. Oh man, Brendan, what do you do? Single ride, uh, round trip, ten trip. I, I guess monthly. He definitely trip. buys peak when he's off peak. <laughs> oh, dumbass! <laughs> and then the conductor just like gives me a knowing look as I sit in front of. Uh, well, if I, if I buy peak during goes off peak, they get I get to ride with the conductor. What? I never got that. Really? I tried out. <laughs> Man, I gotta. I guess I gotta find the right the right car. <laughs> so in the front. <laughs> uh, okay. We... Well, thank you for plugging me <laughs> at like Double R, Brendan. Yeah, there we what go. Plug transportation. Uh, quick plug sesh, because I gotta go. Um, and we are running like anyway. Uh, just we listen are. to we really are. Hobby Boys, Sandy Boys at uh, patreon.com slash the Hobby Boys pod. This is the season of getting you guys to subscribe to Patreon so we can get a cameo from Kelly Rutherford, a.k.a. Lily Bass. Uh, and that's where my plugs end because I need you guys to do that. And I will, I, this time I will remember to put the link in the description to the Patreon. I said it last week. I didn't do it. <laughs> I know really myself too well. bit here. <laughs> <laughs> so subscribe right, to the well, Patreon see, or else. Stay tuned to see, to see if that actually happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, we mentioned a bar mitzvah in this episode. So I, I recently watched You Are So Not Invited to My Bat Mitzvah, the, uh, the the new Adam Sandler family yeah, movie. Yeah, it was oh, fun. Yeah. I liked fun. it. So watch that. Uh, I, you know, I will say day, to also go with that. Uh, at my school today, it was Adam Sandler Day. Oh, the yeah, kids that wore we, gym shorts and baggy yeah, shirts. Yeah, we have that. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know what that was. That was a thing until like last year when our school had Adam Sandler Day. Oh, I didn't know until I walked in today. I was like, oh, this is a thing you guys do. I got a good thing I was already like, dressed. This is what I. This is what I normally wear yeah. to work. <laughs> All right. Let's let's get out of here. You can follow me on Twitter at MattyFresh24. You can follow Brendan on Twitter at RuppyPuppy. You can follow his other podcast, The Hoppy Boys, at The Hoppy Boys Pod. And you can come back next week where we will be breaking down Season 5, Episode 6. Oh, shit. What was it called? Oh, I am number 9. Whatever that hey. means. Stay tuned. Uh, but until then, you know you love us. XOXO. Lonely Boys. Flip flop. Flip floppy. Flip floppy boys. <laughs>